Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner, the finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls, blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches, and you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Okay, and welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Say hello, Susan. Hello, American Patriots. We're already having technical difficulties. You need to check where this is plugged in. It's plugged in. We're unplugged in. Same. Are they all the way in? Yep. Is the one on your computer all the way in? Yep, because I heard the whole thing. Yeah, but I... It must be this connector then, or maybe this brand new connector. Went yeah, he's got his earbuds just went bad. Great. I, I was I was sitting there holding it so I could hear the <laughs> intro music, so I knew when to come in. <laughs> just... So when you wiggled it, it worked. No, I had to. I had to have it like just barely in, just not clicked in at all. Really? And then I could hear one from one side. Great. Yeah. Um, these were kind of nice because they transmitted too. Yeah, I still haven't used them for my show, and I was going well, to. We'll have to test them now to see if they still work. Okay, so in the meanwhile, you want me to get you some other ones? Well, if it's the connection, then that won't help. We'll if have it's to test it. This, then that would help. But there's only one way to know, and wait till you have to get up. Okay. So, what are we talking about? Uh, we're going to start the show with the Pledge of Allegiance. There is a war on patriotism. We will tell you how, when, and why, and where. Then to Russia with love, the Fuzzy Muzzy Report, and Space the Final Frontier. So who was Judge... Is that Learned? Hmm? Learned? Learned? I don't know. What you said is learned. <laughs> learned. It's supposed to be Leonard. I think you got a little dyslexic. No, I actually copied and pasted his... his title from the article okay then his name is learned learned hand we will tell you if we get to it he was very interesting he actually was a rule of law guy good to know but he was a progressive but he believed in the rule of law <laughs> no progressives believe in the rule of law yeah well that's... and he wasn't a progressive <laughs> what makes you label him a progressive that's what uh, your heart, your favorite president labeled him, Harding. 
we get to it. It's very interesting. All I say now is progressives always lead us into war, and we have a progressive president. All right, patriots, hand over heart, face the flag. You don't have a flag, get a flag. Make a flag. Whatever. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. There is a war on patriotism. We tell you how. <laughs> Should we tell them why? Uh, all right, from Poughkeepsie Journal. Is that from Poughkeepsie, New York? Yep. Uh. Will flags return to Arlington Fire District trucks after their removal attracted national attention and criticism? A compromise may be in the works. Now. Now, I'm sorry. Is there a problem with American flags on fire trucks? What is that supposed to be? If they're Americans and they're proud to be Americans and they're firemen. You don't want you don't put other people's flags up, and if the people are offended by the American flag, they should get out of America. Well, I'm glad that I found this because on Michael Savage's show yesterday, he got the original story and he was making sure it was out there, and this is the follow up to it because uh, of the outcry, because all these co these hosts were saying it. Even Joe Pegs did this, so they got the word out. Good. This is what we have to do, isn't it, Brian? For everything. This is ridiculous it's gotten this far. A chairman of the Arlington Board of Fire Commissioners said he's reached out to Chief Tory Gallant to discuss the possibility of a compromise about the use of American flags on fire trucks. American flags were removed from three Arlington Fire District trucks Tuesday, sparking heated discussion on social media and disappointment from union members. Gallant was directed by the board to remove fl the flags from the backs of the trucks during Monday's meeting. He declined to comment on the specifics of why the decision was made, but he said he is very disappointed with their direction. Arlington Fire Commissioner Chairman Jim Beretta said the board majority feel the flags are a liability during normal operations for our people and other motorists, and that Wait a minute, other motorists, they're supposed to stay back 200 feet. Is it a flag bigger than 200 feet? There's a sign right in the back, stay back 200 feet. Brian knows all this stuff because he used to work with firefighters and uh, police officers in New York City EMS when he was a paramedic. Plus, you were a volunteer fireman on Long Island. Right. So he knows the rules. And the board had uh, not been consulted before the flags were mounted. Oh, my goodness. We must ask permission to mount a flag on a fire truck. Are you kidding me, right? And when Desde Beretta told the Poughkeepsie Journal that he has reached out to Gallant and offered to sit down for a discussion with him and whomever he wants to pull together to have an initial conversation on how we might come to a compromise, some solution. Gallant said he, union members, and board members are planning to meet on Thursday to just start discussing flag matter. That's what it says. I hope eventually this will get resolved, Galan said. The flags, which were only recently mounted on the trucks at the request of the Union, were removed during a ceremony at Arlington headquarters in the town of Poughkeepsie Tuesday. The Arlington Fire Truck was not the only local organization to affix flags to its trucks. 
Hewsonville, and Poughkeepsie are among departments that have used cloth flags, while others, including Arlington, featured flag decals on the trucks. Okay, now, Brian, this brings up a very good point. Not all union members are communists. Because the, this union wanted their flag. I was a union member. I was never a communist. So, because you belong to a union doesn't necessarily mean that you agree with the union, unfortunately. But that you have to be part of the union if it's a union facility. Whether your beliefs are the same as theirs or not. Right. <sighs> so these people are really patriotic. They belong to a union, which is sad. Oh. Okay, a William H. Beale, a public information officer for Hewsonville Fire Department in Rappingers Falls, said the department has flown flags on the rear of its trucks since the 9-11 attacks. Our fire department is taking pride with displaying the flag on each of our apparatuses, Beale said. When it was brought to our attention Tuesday that this was happening at another department, we were surprised that anyone would encourage a flag to be removed. Yes, it's a big surprise to most people, I imagine. Houstonville Fire Department members planned to attach one of the flags to its ladder truck in a ceremony at 6.30 p.m. Tuesday. No, Wednesday. Wednesday. Today. Tomorrow, yesterday, right? <laughs> uh, the city of Poughkeepsie Fire Department has displayed the American flag on its trucks since 9-11, according to Chief Mark Johnson. We don't agree with the decision in Arlington and feel the flags were an appropriate tribute, Johnson said. The fire department has received dozens of calls and emails regarding the controversy, primarily from people mistaking the city of Poughkeepsie Fire Department with Arlington. Trucks in the Amenia district are fixed with flags for ceremonial events, but they are not attached during everyday service, according to Chief Christopher Howard. Howard said he was shocked by the Arlington Board's decision and saw no reason to ban the flags, as long as they do not impact operations. What would even make them want to think about this? Anti-American pieces of crap, that's why. I don't see where it is really harming anything, he said, in the Fairview Fire District. There are a number of flag decals on apparatus and turnout gear, but no cloth flags, according to Chief Christopher Mater. Many of our personnel also display flags on their helmets, myself included, Mater wrote in an emailed response. To the best of my knowledge, we never had cloth flags on our apparatus as a standard thing. However, I do recall putting them on rigs on certain occasions, such as 9-11 memorial events and parades. Mater said any display of the American flag should be done according to the U.S. flag code. Other non-essential or decorative items would be considered by me on a case-by-case -case basis, he said. Bill, who, there's no ban, you could fly, it tells you how to fly flags on vehicles. But they don't have the U.S. Code doesn't cover things like fire trucks. Oh, here's a here's one. Maybe uh, tanks. <laughs> not, no, not listed there. <laughs> Believe me, I've read the U.S. Flag Code quite a bit. I know what he's talking about. It's supposed to be on the front fenders and of a certain size, but that's supposed to be for driving 
in a limousine that like the president rides in and stuff like that it doesn't really apply to fire trucks so Beal, who was chief on the Houstonville department between 2001 and 2002 Rasta Roosters get louder called the decision by the Arlington Board of Commissioners outrageous here's something else I just discovered he's growing feathers back they're not supposed to do that except once a year during molt. It's not time yet. Now I gotta look up crazy chicken to see what kind of breed it is. <laughs> we are a month away from the 15th anniversary of 9-11. Beal, a 24-year veteran of the department, said 9-11 was the largest loss of firefighter lives in any single incident. Flying the flag on the back of fire apparatus has become a tradition. <laughs> It started with the New York City Fire Departments and was meant to support our country as a whole. To see anyone voluntarily ask or direct to have a flag removed from the back of a fire apparatus goes against that tradition. He agrees. Union President Joseph Tarquino, quote, Tarquino, oh man, said his, he's disappointed in the board's direction but if we had to take them down, they had to be taken down the right way. At the time when the country needs unity, to do something like this, it's it's next to flag burning in my mind. Beretta said there was an open discussion about the issue at Monday's meeting, and each board member gave their opinion. Two board members had no opinion with it as long as it was safe and not in the way of operations, Beretta added. Three board members did have a problem with it for normal operations, citing liability and distraction to other motorists. Tarquino is pleased with the outpouring of support. Gallant said dozens and dozens of messages have poured in from around the nation, decrying the board's direction. I think for a lot of people, the issue crosses political lines, moral lines, religious lines, Tarquino said. It's the flag of this country. Amen. Online reaction varied. Hundreds of people expressed outrage at the decision. Others said the display, while patriotic, violated U.S. flag code. And no, it doesn't say you can't put it on the back of fire trucks. No, it doesn't. It If it doesn't cover it, it doesn't cover it. Um... Balpay fired U.S. flag code. Some said there are bigger issues to worry about and that displaying or not displaying an American flag does not make one person more patriotic than another. Actually, I disagree. I, th I think it does. It, it takes a pair to grow to fly a flag. And uh, most of you left-wing liberal progressives, socialist, communist, fascist, statist bastards don't have any. <clears throat> a rally for the flag has been scheduled for Saturday at noon at Arlington Croft Corners Fire Company Station on Spackenkill Road in Poughkeepsie. Okay, now, Brian... Now, for all you people, get in your vehicles and run right over there. Now, to explain to the folks out there that don't know anything about New York, upstate is... What the heck was that supposed to be? <laughs> upstate is completely different from the rest of the state. Well, it's more rural. It's just like the same thing in California. And more it's red. A, it's the same demographics. 
it's just yeah it's pretty much the same out in the out in the far counties there they're uh, they usually vote you know they're red but you've got, you have new york city that just sucks up everything in mount in new york just new york city there's so many people there just manhattan is over two million people I know, not not including those the burbs, and also now and Long we, Island is like forget about it. We don't have a million people in Montana. Manhattan's a little island. <laughs> I know, and the other and don't thing forget the, you got the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens. Uh, so you, they've got so they've got pretty much the voting sewed up, just like in most of the places. If you look, the ones that go blue really, like Susan was saying, it's the cities that are blue in the outer counties and suburbs. They're red. You know, yeah, I get turned off by phone because I get this. I'm using it to do the show as a Wi-Fi hotspot because uh, I have satellite I pay for. But the last two times I use it, it cut me off in, right after the second hour. And I don't know what that's about, but it's weird. And uh, I didn't want to do it again. Besides, I'm running out of bandwidth on satellite already. The other thing is if you want to learn more about flag etiquette, they can go to our blog. Yeah, on cooperativeblogger.com, and just put up in the search box, U.S. flag code, it'll come up. U.S. flag etiquette is the title of it, but... Yes, because Brian, this is very near and dear to his heart about the flag. I do it every flag day. That's why we do the Pledge of Allegiance. The flag's important. People just don't understand that the flag is not the government. That government is not represented by that flag. That government is represented more from the hammer and sickle flag. Oh, so that we pledge allegiance to the flag and the republic. That ain't the republic. That's not even a republic. We are not a republic anymore. Not even close. Really, we haven't been a republic since uh, Tommy the Comedy Woodrow Wilson gave us the Seventeenth Amendment. Speaking of monitoring, did you want to look at this real quick while we're up and running for the show? So you can see what's going on. He's got all kinds of monitors, so so he can see absolutely everything that goes on all the time. It's weird. It's saying it's only taking seven point (laughs) six kilobits per second, which is seven times eight three. That's only it's only dial-up speed. It's I mean it used to take. I don't understand when we did it with the other router. It used to go fifty-five kilobits per second. I don't know. Huh. I'm just showing you what you have me monitoring. So, that, yeah, that was kilo. Yeah, but you have your set for kilobytes. So it's eight times. You have to do the math eight times, whatever it says. It's easier to just, just change the preferences to kilobits per second. Uh, but anyway. So go and look at the, our site and look at the flag. Uncooperativeblogger.com. They don't know what our site is, Susan. Yeah, you just told them before. Uncooperativeblogger.com. Right. Right. Because it's important. <laughs> uncooperativeblogger.com there's numerous ways to subscribe there too if you'd like to get all the links from after when Susan puts them up she usually puts them up next day or so you can go look at all the stuff yourself but usually most of you I bet don't have the patience for that you're just jotting stuff down and running around after the show looking for it or maybe you're during the show the board did not take an official vote on the matter Monday but a direction, based on majority, was given to remove the newly affixed physical flags, Beretta said. The board has the authority to provide direction to the chief based on the board majority. Beretta said there, are, there were a number of items the board approved for the benefit of the union and district. 
during Mondays. Uh, why do you why do you think you're supposed to do things for the benefit of the union? You're supposed to be doing stuff for the benefit of the people, not a specific group of people. Including out-of-state training for two firefighters, two new engines pumpers, and new patches for the union's duty uniforms, among other things. Galan said the firefighters' union recently asked him if they could display American flags on the rear of their fire trucks. He granted the union permission to do so as long as the flags were maintained properly and safely secured, and at their union's cost, the flags were placed on the vehicles, Galant said. The flags were checked by our mechanics to make sure they were safely secured. This past Saturday, I saw one of our pumpers on Hooker Avenue going to a call, Beretta said. It had a physical flag mounted on the back of it. None of the board was aware or consulted that these flags were being affixed to the apparatus. Okay, so that means somebody ratted them out. The, yeah. Because the board didn't know I, they had it. I, this is one of the board members. I think it was, was it a Gallant? Yeah, Gallant said the flags were checked, the mechanics were saved. Uh, wait, where, oh, it's Beretta. He said, this guy, the guy Beretta, he saw the pumpers on Hooker Avenue. And wow, that's an unfortunate sentence. You don't get it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, this past Saturday, I saw one of our pumpers on Hooker Avenue going to a call, Beretta said. It had the flag mounted to the back of it. So they were, none of the board was aware, and they got, I guess, busted. Like, putting a... I don't get... I just don't get... These people have to control everything. The fryer trucks do have flag stickers on them, and... We were clear that we had no problem with them or the flag being mounted on the apparatus for parades and ceremonies, Bretter added. Uh-oh, now it's sounding more... Doesn't this sound more reasonable than it sounded in the beginning? These flags being mounted is a new event, not more than a month or two old, if that, from what I'm told by the chief. The board's direction did nothing more than continue operations as it always had been minus the newly mounted physical flags that the board had no prior knowledge of and the majority felt was a liability during normal operations for our people and other motorists, Bretter added. That's so they now keep... they can do it for parades and ceremonies, just not for normal operations, which I thought they said they weren't going to do have them affixed for normal operations in the beginning of the story. How is this a liability? Oh, because it... someone could sue them because the flag distracted them and they ran off the road and... That's why. That's a load of crap. Welcome to a litigious society. It's not a load of crap. It's true. Those are actually, unfortunately, those are, uh, those are big considerations for small towns because they can't afford the, to hire the attorney to fight the lawsuit, really. That's the kind of world we live in right now. Don't worry. It'll get worse. All right, to Russia with love. From InfoWars. A report out of Pravda quotes President Vladimir Putin as saying that Russia has moved strategic nuclear missiles to Cuba in response to the United States' continuing efforts to encircle Russia in Eastern Europe. The article written by Layuba Lutko. Man, it's a weird world we're living with. People have names like that. Uh, Explains how Russia is reviving its military operations in Vietnam, 
Cuba, and Seychelles. I don't even know what Seychelles is. I've never even heard of it. Man, I've got dry mouth. Mm. Um, in October 2001, <clears throat> President Vladimir Putin announced that the Lord's Radio Electronic Center on the island had been shut down as a gift to President George W. Bush on the basis of promises given by Bush that the U.S. missile defense system would never be deployed in Eastern Europe. However, you've got these articles out of order. The other article is supposed to come first. I don't do them like that. But, but those two articles are linked together. Oh, my gosh. What? That's me. <laughs> That's me. So this is me. I'm plugged in. <laughs> my phone goes beep, beep, and goes out, then we're dead. I know. That's why I got scared. <laughs> uh, yeah, because there's a. it's the background of what Obamanus is doing that he is responding to. And that's in the other article. No, it comes in this one. It does. It's later on. Okay. Oh, you didn't get the right one anyway. You got the one with the uh, the uh, aircraft carrier. Yeah, I was having problems, remember? I remember, but, you know, it, it was important because it lays out how Abominus is, is going to war with Russia. It lays out everything he's doing. In October 2001, that's all right, we'll have to do it next show. President Vladimir Putin announced that the Lord's... Oh, I did that one. However, with the missile defense system under the auspices of NATO now reaching interim operational capability in Europe at the end of May, that promise has been shattered. The Russian Federation has fulfilled all terms of the agreement and even more. I shut down not only the Cuban Lords, but also Cameron in Vietnam. I shut them down because I gave my word of honor. I, like a man, has kept my word. What have the Americans done? The Americans are not responsible for their own words. It is no secret that in recent years the U.S. created a buffer zone around Russia involving in this process not only the countries of Central Europe, but also the Baltic states, Ukraine, and the Caucasus. The only response to this could be an asymmetrical expansion of the Russian military presence abroad, particularly in Cuba, the report quotes Putin as saying. Now, I really want you to opine on this when we get back, because this is serious stuff. And he said in the, in the last few year, years, which is under Obamanus, they did, we were doing this. We've been under Obamanus going on eight years. Um, I know, but this is what Obamanus has been doing. Uh, there's more going on than that, no. Okay, but anyway. She wants to go to a break. Send Cooperative Radio Show, you stay tuned. Cause we'll be right back. This is Jeff Carlisi from the Band 38 Special. Let us never forget that police lives matter. What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. 
but you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the term lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. The following message is brought to you by Health Markets, your first choice when you need health insurance for your small business. Do you offer health insurance to your employees? Call us now and see if you can save money. Do you want to offer vision and dental to your employees? Call us. Do you think you're paying too much for your current health insurance? Call us. Do you want somebody else to do all the legwork and search thousands of health plans from over 180 health insurance companies nationwide? Call us. We're Health Markets, and thanks to a little-known solution, we could help your business save thousands of dollars on health insurance costs and save your employees money, too. Our service is free. Don't miss the great savings. Call now. 800-862-0336. 800-862-0336. Health Markets Insurance Agency is DBA of InSphere Insurance Solutions, Inc. Licensed in all states. Product availability varies. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-511-3024-800-511-3024-800-511-3024-800-511-3024. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813. 800-215-6813. 800-215-6813. 800-215-6813. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states.
Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. Our half of one. Anyway, where were we? Russia. Now, explain this. Well, I'm not going to explain that because there's nothing to explain. (laughs) But that's self-explanatory. I want to see what this article explains before I start going into it. Okay. With the full consent of the Cuban leadership on May the 11th of this year, our country has not only resumed work in the Electronic Center of Lords, but also placed the latest mobile strategic nuclear missiles, codenamed Oak, on the island. They did not want to do it the amicable way. Now let them deal with this, added Putin. Didn't we just normalize relations with Cuba? Yes, we did. While they were doing this behind our back. Well, they're they're never they're always going to be our enemy. <laughs> until you know, till the collapse. According to the report, Cuba, which was angered by the original decision to shut down the Radio Electronic Center, has agreed to allow Russia to locate the missiles on Cuban territory because of its fears over new U.S. military bases in Cambodia. Whether the quotes attributed to Putin are accurate or not remains to be seen. They appear nowhere outside of the original Pravda piece. Once the primary mouthpiece of the Soviet Communist Party, Pravda's influence has now declined rapidly. The online version is managed by former journalists who worked for the original newspaper, but other than that, the two versions are separate entities. Speculation that Russia was rebuilding its nuclear infrastructure in preparation for a potential future conflict came with the news that 5,000 new nuclear bomb shelters were being constructed in Moscow to be completed by the end of 2012. Officials justified the move by saying they wanted the entire population of Moscow to be able to reach a nuclear bomb shelter within minutes. China has also built huge underground bomb shelters outpacing the United States whose bomb shelters from the Cold War era still remain as they were at the time or have been decommissioned. It was just the basement of the school. What good would that do? The prospect of Russia moving nuclear missiles to Cuba obviously harks back to the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis, which marked the closest moment that the world came to World War III and a potential nuclear holocaust. Given the gravity of Putin's alleged statements, don't expect to wait too long for Russian authorities to deny the quotes featured in the Pravda report. And it's really a shame that uh, I didn't get that other one. Uh, All right, let me try and clue you in what's going on. The missile shield has been being deployed to Europe and Eastern Europe, including the Balkans and all that. Uh, we haven't been told anything of it. You know, remember, he, he he said he wasn't going to deploy the missile defense system. Well, he's doing it. He's also moved troops to the Ukraine. He's also moved naval exercises to the region. Uh, why would he be doing this? Well, the powers that be seem to think that now we can survive a nuclear war that we have the capabilities and here's and here's uh, another troop movement i should have mentioned 
that they moved stealth B-52 bombers to the region. Now, the only reason to do that is if you're thinking about bombing someone, they, they're the only planes uh, capable of stealth dropping a nuclear bomb. But they also carry can also drop the biggest conventional weapons we have called bunker busters. There's no telling which way this is going yet. There's two scenarios. One in which uh, we, we strike first using stealth bombers, and what happens there is we can have nuclear bombs on the ground in a minute. In other words, they won't see it coming. They'll have a minute to respond, and that's it. We think we can, we can survive this. Now, the, the powers that be, the aristocrats, whatever you want to call them, the Soroses of the world. And for some reason, they don't like Russia. I, I did, you know, Prague's don't like commies. It's old thing. Anyway, so there's that one scenario. The next scenario is using convention weapons. Um, again, hitting all of their nuclear weapons before they could ever get off the ground. It seems to me that one of the two is going to happen. I see no other reason for all this. I don't know how they're going to deal with the missiles of Cuba. I guess they're just going to have to do a dual strike simultaneously between Cuba and Russia. But we have the capability to actually hit all their missiles before they can leave the ground. And that's one strategy that these people are are messing with. And you know it's not Obama's. He's a, he's just a puppet. The people above him, it's the you know, the Chicago mafia out there, the political mafia, not to be confused with the Italian mafia. So, <clears throat> Putin's doing the only thing he could do to to stick it to to look strong and stick it to us. And he's being provoked into doing something. Now he's got he's got two choices. He could either suck it up and look weak in front of his people, which not his personality, or he can react to it and get sucked into a war he can't win. He's in a pretty bad spot too. Do you do what's best for your country? Or do you react and give provocation for nuclear war? We live in interesting times. Let's see how it all plays out. More more Russia from military.com. Yokosuka Naval Base, Japan. The USS Ronald Reagan scrambled its fighter jets earlier this week after two Russian naval reconnaissance aircraft flew within one nautical mile of the U.S. aircraft carrier as it sailed in international waters east of the Korean Peninsula, according to the 7th Fleet officials. In the latest in a series of incidents involving Russian aircraft, two Tupolev Tu-142 uh, Bear aircraft, those are those big dual-prop Cold War-era bomber planes, flew as low as 500 feet Tuesday morning near the Reagan, which has been conducting scheduled maneuvers with South Korean Navy ships. 
Four FA-18 Super Hornets took off from the Reagan's flight deck in response to the Russian advance. Seventh Fleet spokeswoman Lieutenant Lauren Cole said Thursday. U.S. officials attempted to contact the Russian aircraft but received no radio response. A U.S. ship escorting the Ronald Reagan followed the Russian aircraft as they withdrew, Navy officials said. Press officials from the Russian embassy in Seoul were not immediately available for comment Thursday. On multiple occasions in the past year, Russian aircraft have tested international boundaries by either violating other countries' airspace or engaging in what Pentagon officials have called provocative actions toward U.S. and NATO ships. In April, a Russian Su-24 fighter made a... Excuse me made 12 close-range, low-altitude passes near the USS Donald Cook while the ship was in international waters in the western Black Sea near Romania. The Pentagon has said last month NATO officials said Russian fighters violated Turkish airspace several times. In September, Japan alleged that Russia violated airspace over the northern Japanese island of Hokkaido. The incidents continue to raise questions about Russian Navy aircraft safety practices. U.S. Navy officials say they have no objection to Russia or any other nation flying or sailing wherever international law allows. We are advocates of any country being able to operate within international norms, Cole said. We do caveat that with the fact that all of these operations need to be conducted in accordance with the rights and regulations of other countries and within a safe manner. The Reagan is essentially a floating airport complete with an air traffic control center that tracks and communicates with nearby aircraft. When the carrier engages in flight operations, it institutes a carrier control zone, which extends up to 2,500 feet and within a five-mile radius, according to the Navy's flight training instruction carrier procedures. So why did they let them get so close? You had to know the orders came from above. Do not engage. Boy, those uh, seamen, is that what they call them? Yep. (laughs) They must have been freaking out, especially if they said, especially the captain, do not engage. Like, are you freaking kidding me? What do you mean the captain saying do not engage? No, the the captain getting the order, do not engage. (laughs) Probably like, are you freaking kidding me? Captain. You mean admiral. Whoever's... The head of the ship. The head of the fleet is the admiral. The admiral usually is on the aircraft carrier. I thought only the captains were on there. Uh-uh. Oh. Nope. There's an admiral for every fleet. Okay. Uh, you know, naval can... naval warfare is very complicated. It's uh, to be able to to be able to combat off those ships, off the bridge of those ships, is very complicated. It. Uh, Takes a lot of people doing a lot of different things. Navy officials did not discuss Thursday whether the carrier was engaged in flight operations when the Russian aircraft approached. Even if we don't have flight operations ongoing, we are still very cognizant of what is going on in the airspace within a good distance, Cole said. The lack of communication by the Russian aircraft also conflicted with general aviation practice. Even commercial airports of any significant size generally expect two-way radio contact when aircraft fly as close as the Russians did, according to international aviation guidelines. 
This week's incident added to a busy day for the Navy in the Asia-Pacific region. It happened at roughly the same time that the destroyer USS Lawson sailed within a 12 nautical mile territorial zone claimed by China around Subi Reef in the South China Sea. Now understand, these people aren't going to kick this. They're not looking for an incident right now because they're not ready. They haven't finished installation of and operations of the missile defense shield. Once that's done, then expect things to get serious. It's too soon for them to move now. They're not in place yet. And I think Putin knows it. Now, and Putin, one of Putin's strategy might be to to uh, hijack the whole the whole idea before that buffer zone gets finished. Well, Putin is by no means any form of an idiot like our illustrious leader. He's in a bad spot, and what I'm what I'm explaining is a hail mary pass. Uh, that would be a strategic hail mary pass. But to tell you the truth, he's got he's got nothing but bad choices. And it's not even his fault. Russia hasn't done anything, though. No. Actually, they're helping with the the fuzzy muzzies. It's kind of bizarre because we're working together right now in Syria. I mean, in Iran. Syria. No. I don't know where our base is. But ours is in Turkey, I think. Theirs is in... Uh, ours is out of Iran, which is causing a lot of, uh, a lot of questions in the international community. All right, uh, where where are we here with the Ruzzies? This week's incident added to a very busy day. Uh, the U.S. undertook the freedom of navigation operation because it considered those waters international, though China condemned the move as a violation of its indisputable sovereignty. Though artificially topped with landfill, uh, Subi Reef is thought to be entirely submerged in its natural state, and therefore does not generate territorial waters under international law. And then there's China. Again, there's a lot of stuff going out on that, that area of the world. And a progressive is president of the United States. Yeah. And even more importantly, a Democrat progressive. Yes. I mean, this is... And I will get that other article. Do you want the one that has all the our military versus Russia? That's a really long. No, the one. other one that that actually went over what I was talking about with the placing of the well, missiles. I, and... I liked you talking about it more than somebody else. Yeah, but other people like to hear the news report and then my opinion. Kind so laying out the facts. Overall, what is your opinion about what's going on between Russia, us, and China, and now Cuba? <laughs> well, just think about it. First of all. They expect to have to wipe out a certain portion of the world's population to make this global governance thing work. So they're really not worried about numbers of deaths. So keep that clear in your head. He's trying. He's still got to get the other European countries to agree to attack Russia uh, for as a first strike as well. I don't know how amenable they will be to it. Maybe after maybe they we know that the major European countries are going to be behind it right after the European missile defense shield is fully oper- operational. Now they're safe from retaliation. Now they might consider joining. This is this is really complicated intrigue. It says this should be a book. Uh, I, I have no idea what the ending is. I never jumped to the I never jumped to the end of the book. I get my I get my answers from history, not from the future. But 
it's just that nobody, everyone's so focused on this election, and I know you say it's important too, and I agree, but nobody is focusing on what the hell is going on. Well, if you give me it. that other article, it explains it <sighs> better than I did because it covers certain things that I just, I didn't memorize the thing, I just read it once. I usually don't even read them when I send it to you. You better hope nothing goes wrong. I don't know. I better not hope. The listeners better not hope. You, you loyalist live listeners out there, we put you through hell. I know. We're trying the best we can. I've got. I've tried everything I have available to me. What do we do? So anyway, uh, China kind of throws a different. There's a different thing going on with China. That's a, it's a whole nother thing, and then. As in the other article, that's why I wanted up. Japan is also part of this. Uh, it's going to be part of the first strike thing. That's why. That's why I said it's a bad idea to have all these military bases in Japan, Europe, and all these places because that's they just use the only thing they're there for is to attack Russia and China. And we don't really want to attack. At least I don't want to attack Russia and China. And I don't know uh, the first one. I don't like our. I don't like the odds of not causing a nuclear winter. Okay, this is the one that you wanted then. I don't know. Click on it. Washington, U.S. planning nuclear attack, Russia. Indications. Click on it. I mean, I got to go back to. Yeah, I'll give you the flash drive. Aren't you glad you can listen to all this? (laughs) (laughs) Failed. Uh, No, don't don't do that. Yeah, I want it on my screen. Oh. You don't know where to pause. And I'm still looking at everything's okay. I'm not looking at anything. I didn't close everything. So unless you want me to bore them by being one of these uh, status uh, sheets here, spec sheets, and read them off to them. Just... <laughs> what are you going to read? Okay, let's read the MSDS 2014. <laughs> the safety data sheet for product. Product and company identification. Product name, lithium ion rechargeable battery cell. Wow, this is a long article. Product called Holy Code crap. None. <laughs> this is a really long article, Brian. Um, yeah, I don't. This is it's it's very important. Okay, I'm going. We got to get this for you. I, I don't know why she chose not to pull it out of the email, but she didn't. I because I couldn't. I was. You were having problems with the internet. That's yeah. why I had to switch over to my cell phone. I know. My cell phone is getting is doing better than a USB modem with an external antenna and a 30 dB amplifier. It is a 4G LTE phone. Well, and we you, we have another one, but we don't know if I'm going to use it or not. Well, you better make up your mind quick because those things cost like seven bucks plus shipping. You said my phone's better. Not as no. Can you run a Wi-Fi hotspot for the show on your phone? Yeah, but you said mine does things better. Yours gets yes, it gets better signals. <laughs> For, but it's a, but it's a dumb phone. It is a dumb phone. And without having the hotspot, it can't do anything for us. I can't run the show off your phone. See. I do see. We're almost there, folks. I I promise. Where are we going? <laughs> are we there yet? There you go. Are we All there right. yet? No. Are we there yet? Anyway, um, the other thing yet? that I wanted to bring out about this because. There is a couple people talking about that, and one of them, I have to give him credit, is Michael Savage. He is really talking about this a lot. 
What did you put this so I know? Um, I put it under with Russia to Love. It's number C. Oh, okay. Um, he is bringing this out. He says, are these people insane? Are, and I talked about this before the show. He says, is, is this administration insane that they want to go? You just passed it. See? See? Oh my goodness, Susan, you usually make that stand out a <laughs> I know, bit. I know. I'm, I was in a hurry. <laughs> it's not even capitalized. I know, I was in a hurry. But anyway, yeah, he's been bringing this up every show. And quick, where is it from? Military.com, I already know. No, it's not. It isn't? No. Are you sure? It's from Washington'sBlog.com. Oh, that's right. That's running over to that place. Okay, this is really good. So uh, I hope you've got your favorite beverage to imbibe relax got a little pen and paper good information here because this is going to really scare the crap out of you okay on wednesday june the 11th cnn headlined u.s sends b2 stealth bombers to europe and reported that they arrived in europe this week for training wikipedia notes that b52 uh, b2s sorry b52s I'm, I'm in world war ii for goodness sake B-2s were originally designed primarily as a nuclear bomber, and that the B-2 is the only aircraft that can carry large air-to-surface standoff weapons in a stealth configuration. In other words, the primary advantage of the newer stealth version of B-2 is its first-strike or surprise-strike nuclear capability. That's the upgrade, the weapon's ability to sneak up upon the target country and destroy it before it has a chance to fire off any of its own nuclear weapons in response to that first strike attack. The advantage of the stealth is creating a stationing, <clears throat> creating and stationing a nuclear arsenal for the purpose of winning a nuclear war, instead of for the goal of having continued peace via mutually assured destruction or MAD. Some historical background is necessary here, so that a reader can understand why this is happening. The switch to an objective of actually winning a nuclear war, as opposed to deterring one. One cannot understand what's happening now in Ukraine without knowing this bigger picture. This account is written under the assumption that the reader already knows some of the allegations it contains, but not all of them, and that the reader will click on the link wherever a given allegation requires documentation and support. Yes, it is heavily sourced you can click all throughout the article. It does, they're just not highlighted words like people do. Those are actual links. Um, I have previously reported about how and why the U.S. has restarted the Cold War, the backstory that precipitated Ukraine's civil war, and do we really need to restart the Cold War? She's, she's making me nervous. She's holding the sign. <laughs> I pointed out the, the, that we don't really need to restart the cold war at all and we'll talk more about that on the other side it's an uncooperative radio show you stay tuned because we'll be right back
New from Class Envy Productions, the people who brought you Obamacare, Cleopatra Obama, and Barry's got a brand new stash. An all-new exploitation picture starring Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and a cast of millions and millions of unemployed Americans who all got the shaft. Members of Congress and my fellow Americans, while on vacation, working on my new, new jobs plan, I realize there are steps we can take right now to improve people's lives. But I, I want to continue to build roads and bridges, protect union jobs, and pay people to sit at home for another year. And every proposal I've laid out will be paid for by our children. There is the man who never had another plan except the you damn right. He's the cat who won't slow down when the country's going south. From the Can you dig it? You see, this cat buried is one dumb mother. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Obama. Oh, okay. He's not a complicated man, but nobody understands him but his woman. Michelle. Barack! Barack! You didn't eat the apples in your Happy Meal! But I don't want The Shaft. Now playing in an economy near you. You're damn right. Coming soon, John McCain and Lindsey Graham star in the tender sequel to Brokeback Mountain. Return to Saddles or Canyon. You know, Lindsey, you spend a few days out on the campaign trail, away from all the other Republicans, with nothing but your horse, the press, and a few thousand sheep to lead. Well, it makes a man think different. Feel different. You know what I mean? You want another back rub? Sure. Then we'll make s'mores. Jeremiah was my pastor. He was a good friend of mine. I said I never heard a single nasty word he said. And I hope you'd believe that line. I had the audacity of hope that you'd believe that line. Now I'm saying, Reverend Wright was wrong. Jeremiah's gone now. He sleeps with the fishes in the deep blue sea. And he didn't speak for me. For the last time, I'm pretty sure what's killing the crops is this Brondo stuff. The Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. So wait a minute. What you're saying is that you want us to put water on the crops? Yes. Water? Like out the toilet? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be out of the toilet, but, but yeah, that's the idea. But Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. Okay, look. The plants aren't growing, so I'm pretty sure that the Brondo's not working. Now, I'm no botanist, but I do know that if you put water on plants, they grow. Oh, well, I've never seen no plants grow out of no toilet. Hey, that's good. You sure you ain't the smartest guy in the world? Yeah. <laughs> okay, look, you want to solve this problem. I want to get my pardon, so why don't we just try it, okay? And not worry about what plants crave. Brondo's got what plants crave. Yeah, it's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they use to make Brondo. Yeah, but why did they use them to make Brondo? Because Brondo's got electrolytes. 
The Recovery Act and our actions to fix the financial system were decisive in starting to turn the economy around. Growing uh, at a good clip. I'm calling this the recovery, the summer of recovery. The summer of recovery, or I might even call it the summer of projects. Our economy is stronger. That economic heartbeat is growing stronger. All of them have projects that are shovel-ready. Shovel-ready projects. Shovel-ready projects. We are seeing shovels hit the ground. Shovel-ready was not as uh, <laughs> shovel-ready as we expected. The next two years, our job now is putting our economy into overdrive. Well, this is Obama's economy. That's fine. Give it to me. Cooperative Radio Show, our what two? You still have three fingers. <laughs> she held up three fingers. <laughs> I would never hold up. Anyway, three welcome fingers. back to our two. <laughs> okay, back to Russia with love. I don't know. This I don't really see a whole lot of love going on here. I pointed out there that we don't really need to restart the Cold War at all since communism, against which the Cold War was at least allegedly fought, clearly lost to capitalism. Free markets, but let's not quibble. No, we want to quibble. You don't want to say capitalism anymore. Right, but I was, I was saying that sarcastically. Although Russia probably has capitalism, not free markets. There's no such thing as capitalism. It was a construct of Karl Marx. We actually won the Cold War and peacefully, but that America's aristocracy doesn't much, very much does, what? Very much does need to restart a war with Russia. That was a weird phraseology. And why it does. It has to do with maintaining the dollar as the world's reserve currency, something that benefits Americans' aristocrats enormously. Consequently, for example, a recent CNN poll has found that Americans' fear of Russia has soared within just the past two years. Our news media present a type of news reporting that places Russia's leader, Vladimir Putin, into a very bad light, even when it's unjustified by the facts. See, I don't know anything about that because I don't watch the, any network news. Just the local. The situation now is thus rather similar to that right before World War One, when the aristocracy in America decided that a pretext had to be created for our going to war against Germany. That war had already started in Europe on 28 July 1914, and President... Tommy the commie, Woodrow Wilson, wanted to keep the U.S. out of it. No, he didn't. <clears throat> but we ultimately joined it on the side of J.P. Morgan and Company. This was documented in detail in an important 1985 book, Britain, America, and the Sinews of War, 1914 to 1918, which was well summarized in Business History Review by noting that J.P. Morgan and Company 
reserved as Britain's financial and purchasing agent, and the author makes especially good use of the Morgan Grenfeld and Company papers in London to probe that relationship. I had no idea they were that old. Who are that old? J.P. Morgan. Oh, yes. And I had no idea that they were British. So why did we bail them out? Because they're not British anymore. Expanding British demand for U.S. dollars to pay for North American imports made the politics of foreign exchange absolutely central to Anglo-American relations. How to manage these politics became the chief preoccupation of Her Majesty's representatives in the United States and most especially of Britain's financial and purchasing agent in the U.S. In 1917, after almost two years of heavy anti-German propaganda in the U.S. press that built an overwhelming public support for joining that war against Germany, Congress found that in March 1915, J.P. Morgan interests had bought 25 of America's leading newspapers and inserted their own editors in order to control the media. Sounds familiar. <clears throat> so that we'd join the war on England's side, whereas back then it was Germany's leader who was being goaded into providing a pretext for us to declare war against his country. This time it's Russia's leader, Putin, who was being demonized and goaded into providing such a pretext. Though Putin, unlike Germany's Kaiser, has thus far refrained from providing the pretext that Obamatis constantly warn, warns us that he will a Russian invasion of Ukraine. Consequently, Obamanis' people are stepping up the pressure upon Putin by bombing the areas of neighboring Ukraine where Russian speakers live, who have family across the border inside Russia itself. Just a few more weeks of this and Putin's public support inside Russia could palpably erode if Putin simply lets the slaughter proceed without his sending troops in to defend them and to fight back against Kiev's, Washington's surrogates, bombing campaign. This would provide the pretext that Obamanus has been warning about. I I hadn't known he was warning about anything, did you? No. I don't don't watch the mainstream news. I, I didn't get nothing on my Twitter feed about it, so it couldn't have been that important. I also have reported on why Ukraine's civil war is of global historical importance. The article argued that this civil war is of massive historical importance because it restarts the global Cold War, this time no longer under the fig leaf rationalization of ideological battle between capitalism versus communism, but instead more raw as a struggle between, on the one hand, the U.S. and West European aristocracies, and on the other hand, the newly emerging aristocracies of Russia and China. Okay. I'm confused. You had said that Ukraine, the people of Ukraine, half of them are what? Ukrainians, half of them are Russian? I... Don't you remember he, he uh, invaded Crimea, which is right on the border of Ukraine? Okay. That's where he went because there were Russia. He used the same pretext Hitler did to uh, Leipstrom. You know, he said, well, there were Russian-speaking people that lived there. They were my people. And they want to come back and live in Russia. And that's what Hitler used, too. That's what Hitler used to expand Germany, Germany. as well. Yes. Okay. Um, in the beginning. Then came breathing room, Liebstrom, which is really elbow room. Okay, so he went in there. Who went in where? 
Putin. You were talk, doing an analogy between him, the pretext he used. It's the same, well, it's the same Hitler, thing. Right, okay. It, that already happened. Okay. That, that was the first standoff, remember? Okay. Okay, and I told you they're never going to give that up because that has their deep water submarine base on it. And they're not losing that port. That's why they That's why they went in there. Uh, now, he's being dared to cross into Ukraine itself. And if, if he does that, if he sends troops in, well, don't, don't forget, they didn't tell you this. Russia left the, the Crimea, and they were, their people were fighting the war in proxy. They weren't actually doing it overtly. So if he sends troops in to help them, because we're bombing the crap out of them, then he's, he's invading Ukraine, and therefore NATO has to respond because that's what the NATO treaty says that we almost come to the aid of any NATO country who's been invaded. Now, who's fighting who? Is this a civil war? No, it's us through through the Ukrainians, but it's us uh, bombing the crap out of the Russian part, the, the Crimea, where Crimea is. Um, I didn't even know we were over there. Yeah, and then they said they wanted to, they were trying to make a pretext to go into Kiev because they said they have... Russian-speaking people there too, as well. So uh, this is kind of weird. But right now, Putin's stuck either sucking this up and looking soft and weak or protecting his people from U.S. bomb attacks with, through Ukrainian proxy. Or actually, actually, it's not even Ukraine. It's NATO. I'm sorry. Uh, that's what they're saying there under the guise of a NATO operation. But they know it's us. All right, so we got the rising aristocracies of Russia and China. When they say aristocracy, they're talking about elites. That's the word we use. They're using aristocracy. It's not a real aristocracy. They don't really rule yet. But they're going to, though. The conflict's origin, as recounted there, was told in its highest detail in an article in the scholarly journal Diplomatic History about how U.S. President George H.W. Bush in 1990 fooled the Soviet Union's leader, Mikhail Gorbachev, into Gorbachev's allowing the Cold War to be ended without any assurance being given to the remaining rump country, his own Russia, that NATO and its missiles and bombers won't expand right up to Russia's doorstep and surround Russia with a first-strike ability to destroy Russia before Russia will even have a chance to get its own nuclear weapons into the air in order to destroy the U.S. right back in retaliation. That old system, mutually assured destruction, or MAD, uh, but actually very rational from the public's perspective on both sides, is gone. The U.S. increasingly is getting nuclear primacy. Russia, surrounded by NATO nations and U.S. nuclear weapons, would be able to be wiped out before its rusty and comparatively puny military force could be mustered to respond. Whereas we are not surrounded by their weapons, they are surrounded by ours. Whereas they don't have the ability to wipe us out before we can respond, we have the ability to wipe them out before they're able to respond. This encourages them to have a first strike, you know. I'm just saying. This is the reason why America's aristocracy argue that MAD is dead. An article, Environmental Consequences of Nuclear War, was published in the December 2008 Physics Today. It concluded that the indirect effects, nuclear winter, would likely eliminate the majority of the human population. 
it would be even worse and far faster than the expected harms from man-made global warming. However, aristocrats separate themselves from the public, and so their perspective is not necessarily the same as the public's. The perspective, the perspective that J.P. Morgan and Company had in 1915 wasn't the perspective that the U.S. public had back then, and it also wasn't the perspective that our president, Woodrow, Tommy the Commie, Woodrow Wilson, uh, did back then. When, no, no, it's what he, that's what he said. He, he, had no, he didn't have... Come on. He says we're not going to war. We end up in World War One after he gets elected. FDR says we're not going to go. He ran on not going into war in Europe, and he would. Oh, we went to war in Europe, World War Two. Oh, those were two progressive Democrats. Oh no, they did. That wasn't his perspective at all. When we were a democracy, we were not a democracy. We were a republic. But it's even less clear today that we are a democracy. Well, we're not. Than it was in 1915, in that regard, things have only gotten worse in America. Uh, we haven't quite completely devolved into a true democracy, uh, but we certainly have a representative democracy going on right now. No republic. None to be solved. So, President Caesar Barack Obama is now trying to persuade EU leaders to join with him to complete his plan to replace MAD with a first-strike nuclear capability that will eliminate Russia altogether from the world stage. But it's not him. No, he's just holding the office of president at the moment. As I also documented, the IMF is thoroughly supportive of this plan to remove Russia and announced on May 1st, just a day prior to our massacre of independent supporters in the south Ukrainian city of Odessa on May the 2nd, that unless all of the independent supporters in South and Eastern Ukraine can be defeated and or killed, the IMF will pull the plug on Ukraine and force it into receivership. Obaminous clearly means business here, and so the government that we have installed in Kiev is bombing throughout Southeastern Ukraine in order to convince the residents there that resistance will be futile. Part of the short-term goal here is to get Russia to absorb the losses of all of Ukraine's unpaid debts to Russia, so that far less of Ukraine's unpaid debts to the IMF, U.S., and EU will remain unpaid. It's basically an international bankruptcy proceeding, but without an international bankruptcy court, using instead military means. It's like creditors going to, the, to a bankrupt for repayment, and the one with the most gunmen gets paid, while the others do not. This is the reason why the IMF ordered, no, not the Impossible Mission Force, the International <laughs> Monetary Fund, Front, yes. ordered the leaders in Kiev to put down the rebellion in Ukraine's southeast. So this is a civil war. Okay, that's what I wanted clarified. If it's considered a war, it's a civil war. I, I don't know what they're calling it. Well, because... The certainly, it's it, it certainly what well, seems like a civil war to me. If they're fighting a bombing of their own people, I mean... What else can you call it? Right, and that's the same thing that's going on with Syria. Right. So that the, these two are clear civil wars, but what's going on in Europe, which they keep saying is a civil war, is not. No, because those aren't citizens. Those right. are invading... Army. Yeah, refugees. Well, Thank you, Dana, for that one, by the way. <laughs> I have to give a credit. That's a, no, I... I she did not make that up. Yes, she did. No, she didn't. I said it long before she did. 
I used it on Twitter right away. On Twitter, but she's the first one to say it on air. If you say so, you want to go back in the archives and try and figure that out? <laughs> Who gives a crap? I didn't learn it from her. So, anyway, what's important to the IMF is not land. It's the Kiev government's continued control over the assets of the rebelling part of Ukraine. Assets that will be worth something in a privatization or sell-off to repay that debt. Now, understanding, again, what I told you before it, it was correct, that Russia's arming that revolt in the South, because they're primarily Russians. And they want to become part of Russia again. And obviously Ukraine doesn't want that to happen. However, for Obamanists, what is even more important than repaid debts is the continued dominance of the U.S. dollar. Wall Street needs that. Among other indicators, oh yes, he loves Wall Street. Who do you think Who do you think did TARP? Don't you remember? He, as president-elect, he met with George W. Bush and they together came up with that plan. Two progs working together to destroy the same country. Oh. Among other indicators that the U.S. is now preparing a nuclear attack against Russia. Boy, we better go get some of those uh, thyroid tablets. In case of nuclear war. But what is it? Iodine? I forget what number. At any rate. Yeah, everybody, you heard me. You might as well buy those pills and have them around because this isn't looking good. Uh, anyway, uh, other indicators, among the indicators, is in an article on May the 23rd, U.S. tests advanced missile for NATO interceptor system, and also a June 10th report from a website with good, res with good sources in Russian intelligence, which alleges that Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenkov, per no, Poroshenko, Poroshenko, secretly met with an American delegation headed by the director of the CIA's National Clandestine Service, Frank Archibald, which also included former CIA chief in Ukraine, Jeffrey Egan, the current Raymond Mark Davidson, Mark Buggy, CIA Istanbul, Andrzej Derlatka, a CIA agent in the Polish intelligence agency, and member of CIA Kevin Duffin, who is working as senior vice president of the insurance company Brower. Poroshenko and Archibald signed a paper entitled An Agreement on Military Cooperation Between the U.S. and Ukraine. Furthermore, barely a month before the CIA and State Department overthrew the previous, the pro-Russian president of Ukraine, Viktor Yanukovych, the, the government of Netherlands decided after 18 years of dithering to allow the U.S. to arm our F-35 bombers there with nuclear weapons. And this was already after Holland's parliament in November signed off on a government plan to purchase 37 F-35As to replace the Dutch Air Force aging fleet of nuclear-capable F-16s. The Netherlands, the Netherlands is widely understood to host about two dozen U.S. B-61 gravity bombs at the Volcke Air Base, as part of NATO's policy of nuclear burden sharing. Moreover, Obamanus isn't only beefing up our first strike nuclear capability, but is also building something new called Prompt Global Strike to supplement that nuclear force by means of a pre precision conventional weapon strike that if launched against Russia from next door Ukraine 
could wipe out Russia's nuclear weapons within just a minute or so. That might be a fallback position for Obamanists in case the EU's leaders, other than the Netherlands and perhaps one or two others, might happen to decide that they won't participate in our planned nuclear invasion of Russia. Wow. There's a lot in there, huh? Why does Obamanists want this? Have you noticed Putin speaking out about the progressive takeover of the country, of our country? Putin spoke out against the European Union. Putin speaks out against the global governance all the time. He's a, he's a bigger thorn in their side than the United States of America is. So they're going to use the United States of America to get rid of that thorn. Because they almost got us. But Russia's nowhere in it, not even going down that road. They've already done it, and they're not doing it again. See, Russia's, Russia's a bigger problem than we are because we're embracing it. Isn't it great? That's the news behind that news. If you wonder why Obamanists' ilk even cares. They don't care about anything but themselves. Because they, all these progs think that they're going to like rule the world. They don't think anything is going to happen to them. They think they're above everything. Evil people always try and rule the world. But Every one of them. They think they're all going to live in these ivory towers that no one can touch. And they just might. No, they're not, that's not going to happen because of the Muslims. It's the fuzzy muzzies. They did not count depends, on the fuzzy uh, muzzies. No, it depends how... They're using the fuzzy muzzies, they think. But it depends how far they let that go. You know, once they're done needing fuzzy muzzies, and they don't need them anymore, they kill them. We go to war with Islam, and it's the end of them. Except if they let them... Let them Except it's not going to happen, because the end the time, they're, they're the end times people. They're going to be here forever. <laughs> no. If they let them too far off the chain, they might not be able to control them anymore. No, you'd have to kill them on sight. Which Spanish, I... Spanish Inquisition all over again. Yeah, I, I encourage anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I call Sorry. for I call for the a new crusades. Yes, that, that, that armor looks exactly like my armor of God. Only it's only the armor of God is gold. <laughs> okay. As if it's not already enough that the U.S. has troops in many countries, which include the following nations where our soldiers are stationed, this includes ones with missile bases located near Russia, Norway, Finland, Estonia, Latvia, Ukraine, Georgia, Azerbaijan, and Kazakhstan. We also have some soldiers in other former parts of the USSR, Moldova, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, Turkmenistan, that's in a song somewhere, and Uzbekistan. That's that guy, that country song, that country, Toby, Keith. Toby Keith's song, yeah. Turkmenistan. All right, so we also have nearly 35,000 troops stationed in Japan, a nation near Russia, and that claims ownership of four small, uh, four small Sakhalin Islands and two small Kuril Islands from Russia. Not to mention, of course, installations in places like Romania, Singapore, Turkey, Peru, Kenya, and Oman, titling 185 countries around the world and totaling at least 300 U.S. air bases in foreign countries. The United States is, of course, not surrounded by any Russian soldiers at all, not Mexico, nor in Canada, nor anywhere near this country except Russia itself near Alaska. Well, they, no, they're going to Cuba now. 
Certainly, Obama's means business here, but the big question is whether he'll be able to get the leaders of other democratic nations to go along with his first strike plan. The two likeliest things that can stop him at this stage would be either NATO's breakup or else Putin's deciding to take a political beating among his own public for simply not responding to our increasing provocations. Perhaps Putin will decide that a temporary embarrassment for him at home for being wimpy will be better even for himself than the annihilation of his entire country would be. And maybe if Obama just pushes his undubitable superpower card too hard, he'll be even more embarrassed by this conflict than Putin will be. After all, things like this, and this aren't going to burnish Obama's reputation in the history books, if he cares about that, but maybe he's satisfied to be considered to have been George W. Bush II just a far better spoken person, a more charming liar than the original. However, if things come to a nuclear invasion, even a U.S. victory won't do much more for Obamanus's reputation than Bush's victory in Iraq did for his. In fact, perhaps Americans will then come to feel that George W. Bush wasn't America's worst president after all. Who thinks that? Who's dumb enough to think that? That would be, that's Divi the Jimmy Carter. That's in our lifetime. And before that, it'd be Tommy the Commie Woodrow Wilson. Not George W. He was not nearly the worst president. No, not even close. His father was worse than he was. Maybe the second half of the Bush-Obama presidency will be even worse than the first. Well, was that uplifting enough for you? (laughs) Kind of depressing facts, aren't they? We're, We're really close to midnight. We're pretty much been at two minutes to midnight for a long time. We're about a minute from midnight right now. And for those who don't know, there's a nuclear clock. And the closer you get to midnight, the closer you come from launching a nuclear strike. And we're one minute away, one tick away from going there. And that's another reason to get Donald Trump in as president, because oh, what do you want to do? Break up NATO. But we got to go to a break. So Quad Radio Show, you stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. <laughs> You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Oh, horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? You hear the headlines. You know health insurance is a real mess right now. Premiums have skyrocketed, and in most cases, you're stuck with your plan until open enrollment. But there's a government rule that allows you to qualify for lower health insurance rates if your life has changed. That means if you've changed jobs, if you're having a child, if you're getting married, if you're getting divorced, even if you run a small business or you're self-employed, this law may qualify you to get lower health insurance rates. Call the health insurance hotline today. Learn how this 10-minute call can help you get lower health insurance rates. This is a free service to help consumers learn the laws to help them qualify for lower health insurance rates. So call right now to learn more. 800-296-1140. 800-296-1140. 
That's 800-296-1140. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the student loan helpline now. 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-511-3024. 800-511-3024. 800-511-3024. 800-511-3024. What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the term lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. Our half of two. Oh, okay, that now. was just depressing. I, <laughs> and not only that, that was a lot of info. I, I quit. <laughs> that was a lot of geopolitics. There's a lot going on, and I've been neglecting by geopolitics because of all the problems we have internally. 
or we would have been up on this earlier. Really, I fighting off everything that's going on with this abominable administration and taking up all of my time. And I'm going to have to start taking time off because I need to cut wood. I haven't got a, I got like a couple sticks of wood cut, that's it. Oh, okay. Moving along to the Fuzzy Muzzy Report and Space, the Final Frontier. So, <clears throat> you have a button to push, folding uh, clothes person. I do. Oh, wait. I got rid of it because I came back from commercial. What? <laughs> no, I had it up and then I had to go to commercial. You didn't make it there till before the commercial. Uh, so, now I can push the button. I'm still waiting. And now from Hezbrola Toys, just in time for Ramadan, the good and peaceful people at Wacky.com and Hezbrola bring you the Jihad Joe action figure. Pull his string and he shouts Allah Akbar and kill the infidels. Pull it again and Jihad begins to sweat profusely and screams, Everyone back up or I will blow myself up. On the third pull, Jihad Joe shouts, I am serious. On the fourth and final pull, Jihad Joe begins to say something we cannot quite make out before exploding in a dazzling and immensely gratifying display of holy fire and smoke. For added fun, dress Jihad in a burqa before detonation. Get your Jihad Joe today. Supplies are limited, and once they are gone, thank Allah they are gone. Coming soon, Burqa Barbie. Okay. Do you think they could... Hear everything you just did? No. Why? Because <laughs> it's pretty loud to me. I don't know what you're talking about. Moving around, moaning. Oh, they heard all that. Nose. Shouldn't you shouldn't have been <laughs> such in a hurry to unmute. All right, the fuzzy buzzy report. Again. From World Net Daily. Again. Anti-Sharia activist Pamela Geller's campaign to get halal meat labeled on American supermarket shelves has been sent down the memory hole by the federal government. Of course, no, no, there are no Muslims in our government. The droids you are looking for are not here. Geller petitioned the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Food Safety and Inspection Service in November 2011, seeking to have halal meat which is virtually slaughtered in the presence of an imam to make it suitable for Muslims to consume, labeled as such. It was only fair, she said, kosher meat is labeled on store shelves, so why not halal meat? More than four years later, she says her petition has been quietly removed from the FSIS website without explanation. She has screenshots of its previous posting. A great deal of meat sold in this country is halal but is unlabeled. Companies such as Subway have boasted on their websites that they provide halal meat in locations heavily populated by Muslims. In Arabic, the word halal means permitted or lawful and defines anything that is allowed or lawful according to the Quran, as Subway explains on its UK website. Campbell's Soup Company also caused a stir when it launched an expanded line of vegetarian soups, all certified as halal. McDonald's has offered halal meat in Muslim areas such as Dearborn and Stan, Michiganistan, for years. 
This is really disgusting. But according to the established practice, most meat packers do not separate halal meat from non-halal meat and do not label halal meat as such. It is a scandal, Geller writes. We attempted to write that wrong, but the U.S. Department of Agriculture has for four years now ignored, shelved, or just plain refused to rule on our petition. Geller says her petition was not a, to single out Islamic halal, but to get an across-the-board ruling that would require labeling for all ritually slaughtered meat and products that include such meat. But for Geller, who is Jewish, it's strictly an issue of false labeling and consumer choice. Now, question. They love to regulate and put more regulations on everything. Why wouldn't they do this? I don't know, but I want them to because that's Satan's meat. Really? We don't even know what we're eating in the McDonald's down in Butte. You don't know what you're eating when you get chopped meat in the supermarket. So is this important? It is, to me. I don't want to eat anything that some evil imam had prayed over. Lord knows what their ritual practice of killing is. It's probably the same as the, the Jews because he stole everything, everything from yeah, He took everything from the anyway. Jews. But they're, they're, well, your objection and her objection. And I don't know what her objection is. She hasn't said so. It said simply false labeling and consumer choice. That's what she said. Okay. So, that's her choice. Okay. Well, not mine. I don't want to eat anything prayed over by something that's evil, whether I know it or not. How do you know that the, you don't consume that and get cursed? I've been bringing up a lot of takeout. Not really. <laughs> With the pizza place and the, what else? Well, Lord knows what they're doing to pizza nowadays. Well, pizza and also uh, Dairy Queen. I brought up Hardee's. We normally don't do this, but it's been so hot and I've been going down to town so much. There's no way of telling you because if the meat isn't labeled, it could end up anywhere. I know. That's but why would saying. they not label it? Thank you. So that their people would know which one to eat. That's exactly right. Why wouldn't they tell their people? I don't know. There's a reason, but I don't know what it is. Why would anyone oppose wanting halal meat labeled as such? But it's in line with Islam's supremacist imperative to have people eating halal meat without knowing it, Geller told World Net Daily in an email Friday. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, as I said. And the USDA, no doubt, doesn't want to appear Islamophobic by pushing for such labor. How do you know there's not a bunch of muzzies at the USDA? We just wanted to all meat that had been ritually slaughtered to be clearly labeled to that effect. Kosher meat is routinely marked accordingly. Why not halal meat? She wrote on her website, PamelaGeller.com, in a posting Friday. As far back as October 2010, Geller reported on little noted but explosive relations that much of the meat in Europe and the United States are being processed as halal without the knowledge of non-Muslims consumers who bought it. Then, in November 2011, she penned an article that blew the whistle on Butterball. All of its turkeys were ritually slaughtered according to halal rules, but were not labeled as such. Heads exploded on the left, not over Butterball's deception, but over my having the audacity to reveal it, she writes. And the clueless and compromised on the right were enraged as well. John Podhoretz tweeted, I'd tell Pamela Geller to go put a sock in it, but that sock might be halal. Others are not so dismissive of her efforts, including Pastor Mark Blitz, 
of El Shaddai Ministries in Bonnie Lake, Washington, who authored the Blood Moons book and is an expert on Jewish roots of the Christian faith. Pam is absolutely correct as far as truth and labeling goes, Blitz told World Net Daily in an email. Why can't we be pro-choice in the food we eat? What are they trying to hide? How can we be pro-choice if we don't know all our options? Some Christians see it as a religious issue, given the warning in Acts 15.29 to abstain from food sacrificed to idols. Blitz explained that in order for it to be halal, they have to slaughter the animal facing Mecca, and they have to say this prayer about Allah is great and greater than all other gods. Muslims can only eat food that is halal, that has been sacrificed to their idol Allah, and with Allah's name prayed over it. But Jews have no supremacist imperative, no interest in having people eat kosher meat who don't want to, and thus no objection to labeling of kosher meat as such. But Islamic leaders are not endorsing the change, so don't look for it to happen. At least not as long as President Caesar Barack Obama is the Muslim in control of the executive branch. He will do nothing that might cause them the slightest offense, Geller said. Blitz, in a 2011 article by World Net Daily, said he considered unlabeled halal meat in U.S. stores to be a clear case of backdoor Sharia. At issue, says Blitz, is eating food that is, that's halal, in other words, lawful or permitted for Muslim diet. From the Christian standpoint, Allah would be an idol, Blitz told World Net Daily in a previous article. You could be eating beef, chicken, etc. offered up to Allah and not even know it. I could just imagine at Passover Seder, the caterer, unbeknownst to anyone, is serving halal meat. It could be on your pizza without you knowing it, or your favorite restaurant. People don't realize they could be eating meat sacrificed to idols. He notes New Testament instructions specifically warning Christians, stay away from food that has been offered to idols, which makes it unclean. Any kind of sexual sin, eating animals that have been strangled and blood. Acts 15.20, New Century Version. As for the gentle Christians, all we ask of them is what we already told them in a letter. They should not eat food offered to idols, nor consume blood, nor eat meat from strangled animals, and they should stay away from all sexually, sexual immorality. Acts 21.25, the New Living Translation. It seems that Christians have the same problem I do. Now, I have a solution for you. Until we can get it labeled, which, who knows. When, before you, all your meat, before you eat it, pray over it. Pray over your food. So that you take away the halal. What the moon god of Arabia can't can't outdo the god of Abraham. From the CS monitor, Christian Science Monitor, over a decade ago, Sahabuddin Chowdhury opened his modest auto repair and body shop on Atlantic Avenue in Queens, right on the northernmost border of Ozone Park. I used to live there <laughs> when he was a teenage daughter and son were still very young. He was part of a wave of immigrants from Bangladesh that over the past two decades has made this trans 
traditionally working class neighborhood, another of New York's mosaic of littles. We work hard here. We pray. We go to the mosque. We pray five times a day, says. Our children grow up for the Muslim community, and we are proud to be the Muslims. We are making a peaceful life in this community. On Monday, however, Ms. Chowdhury, Mr. Chowdhury closed his single garage shop at noon and slowly made his way through the streets of Ozone Park, where a number of single-owner yellow cabs sit parked in front of the rows of single-family houses, many with American flags out front. He was on his way to attend a Salat al-Janazah, funeral prayer for the local imam and his assistant, an event attended by local officials including New York Mayor Bill de Blasio, the religious leaders, Imam Maulana Aluadin, I don't know, Akanji, <laughs> God bless you, Quindilli. and his assistant, Taramia, Taramia, really? were shot and killed execution style in broad daylight and near the neighborhood's elevated subway tracks minutes after they walked from midway midday prayers at a mosque two blocks away okay now we but we lived in ozone park yep now isn't ozone park on the border of howard beach yep now ladies and gentlemen let's give you a little history lesson about that area howard beach is a bastion of a little italy a little bit of italy. no no that's not Ozone Park. That's, Howard Beach. Right. Howard Beach. But this isn't this is in the northern section of, of Ozone, Ozone Park. Park. Not it's the not southern. Not the southern where we were. Right. We were in the southern part, and that's where. Uh, that's where the Mafia Don lives. Yeah. What's his name? Gaddy. Oh, he's not there now. Giddy. The Gaddy family. Gaddy. Gaddy. That's it. Gaddy. That Gaddy family. Yeah. Um, and if you recall, that's where those black children kids got or teenagers got shot because they were protesting or make no, rioting. I think they got beat to death or something. Beat I don't I can't like remember. Anyway But what were they doing there at two o'clock in the morning? Thank There's no you. black families living in Howard Beach. No. So none. you're there at two o'clock in the morning, you're up to no good. Right. And even in Southern Ozone Park there was hardly any people of color where we were. Because yeah, we were on the border they were of Howard Beach. They were angry black men trying to make a trying to make a point and well they didn't get the point. My point is, Howard Beach was one of the safest places to live. <laughs> was. Or live next door if you were really close to it. You could walk the streets of Howard Beach, and like you said, 2 o'clock in the morning, all the bars were still open, the restaurants were still open. It was safe as safe can be because no one was going to go near Mafia Land. <laughs> it was a well, no-go zone. When they do, bad things happen to them, like those black kids that didn't belong there. So I was just wondering how and, they're No, dealing... it could be white kids, too, that don't belong there. It doesn't matter who comes into the neighborhood. If you don't belong there, they're going to take care of you. That's right. They policed their own. <laughs> they really did. Yeah, so do Hell's Angels. Yep. And I'm just, just curious. I'm glad that you clarified that, how they were handling the influx of fuzzy muzzies. But if this is in the northern part, it's still probably the same down south. Oh, if the Gotti family is still there, nothing has changed. And I, I doubt that they got rid of the Gotti family. Um, I've got back to the article. I've never seen this happen. I've never seen this in my life, Chowdhury says, noting that the neighborhood is not without its problems. The imam just finished the prayer, and now we are very, very upset. My kids, we are very now, they are feeling very unsafe about what's going on. 
my daughter, my son, they are crying, saying, Daddy, don't go outside. It's unsafe. It's not good time for our people. Yeah, when, when it is a good time for people, everybody else can't go outside. <clears throat> it's been a refrain of many American Muslims over the past year as community advocates and even President Caesar Barack Obama cite a growing climate of fear among Muslim residents. Good. We, it's, that's, uh, that's good. We want the Muslims to be afraid. We don't want to be afraid of Muslims. We want the Muslims to be afraid of us. A growing list of threats and acts of violence and intimidation across the nation have set many communities on edge. This is the playbook. Oh, please help us. We're being persecuted for our religion. Oh, my good. It's taken right out of the Quran, boy. Are you kidding me? This is the, the first time. This is the city of Medina all over again. This is the first time I've ever heard of a Muslim being killed in the United States. Do you Look, know how many people have been killed people, by them? People are getting fed up, and Muslims better start watching their P's and Q's because we, we, we're on to you. We're on to your religion, and we're not going to put up with it. So I suggest you walk softly. How many people have been killed by Muslims in the United States, Brian? How many Americans? I don't know. I can't count that. <laughs> lots and lots. It's lots and lots. Or being raped as we speak. What about that town that those boys, the teenagers and the older men went up and down the streets, killed, ran over the people's dogs, told them they were going to rape their women? It's Colorado, wasn't it? No. 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 I think it? it was in Michigan up there. My, it might be right, yeah. Or Minnesota, Minnesota one of them. We just reported on that. Nobody's terrorizing Muslims. They're freaking terrorizing us. Well, that that is a neighborhood-by-neighborhood neighborhood experience. Fort Hood? Really? Well, Islam is... San Bernardino? Islam, really? You, you, just, you just... Stop. Enough. See my beard, see my clothing, I am a Muslim. Anybody can hit me anytime, can shoot me, says Mia Parvez, a tourism and travel agent wearing a light Punjabi long shirt and traditional tupi cap. He has started to become more politically active this year. He says becoming an organizer for the local Bangladesh community. See, they're, they're Muslims, but they're Indian Muslims, as in East India. So this is the problem. That's why the, the clothing sounds weird, because they wear completely different stuff than all the other Muslims. So this is the problem now. Everybody's scared now, not like before. Police arrested a Brooklyn man, Oscar Morell, later on Monday. He was charged with the second-degree murder and criminal possession of a weapon, police said. But they cautioned that a motive has not yet been established. Imam Okanji was carrying $1,000 in cash, according to police. But security cameras captured the quick execution-style shootings, and police believe robbery was not the motive. Most members of the Bangladeshi community in the area insist that it was a hate crime. There's no such thing. All crime is hate. Uh, sorry, you're not getting no special. See, they're doing it again. They want special treatment. And we're, we were set up for them to come here and do this with our political correctness. This is stupid. They're going to do to us just like they did Medina. Take us over. Well, and I love this. Right away, they're going to arrest the guy. They're going to tell him what, what, you know, what he did. It's not a robbery. It's definitely a hate crime, blah, blah, blah. But the rape, UG, of that five-year-old girl is still going on, and the prosecutor will not prosecute the boys who did it because they said it really wasn't a sexual crime. They're covering up for the fuzzy muzzies there, the prosecutor is. It won't happen. Everybody knows about Twin Falls. Oh, it's a cold breeze. Where'd that come from? But I'm... They'll accuse us, 
but they'll cover up for them. This really pisses me off. Most members of the Bangladeshi community in the area insist that it is it was a hate crime, even though many said they had mostly felt safe in this ozone park enclave in the past few months. Few months. You've only been here a few months. Mohammed Azrab Khan, like Charity, is wearing a dusty T-shirt and work boots as he makes his way to the Janaza service. Even as the majority of the men gathering are attired in traditional garb like Mr. Parvez. Familiar clothing now on the streets of this little Bangladesh in Ozone Park. Boy, the mafia, mafia isn't going to like this at all. Well, not only that, Brian, when, again, when immigrants came here before, they assimilated. They didn't wear their own clothes that they wore back in Europe. They didn't speak their own language. They, didn't, they would do that in the home. Not out and about. They wouldn't make areas where you couldn't go in. Like the Muslims do. I don't have any record of them doing it yet. I mean, but no there, go I zones. There are no go zones, but I don't know of any signs being put up or, or police not going there as it's done in Europe. But, of course, it's their goal. Are you trying to slow me down for some reason? No, this is just really aggravating me, and I'm sick and tired of everybody well, being for the Fuzzy Muzzies. You're aggravating me. Tired of them thinking the Fuzzy Muzzies are all wonderful. Enough. Please, let's move on with the show, or I'll stop the whole Fuzzy Muzzy report right now. What do you want to do? Ozone Park. Mr. Azrab Khan is an electrician a small business owner who installs security cameras, mostly as subcontractor for the General Services Administration, the federal agency that oversees government buildings and maintenance. He, too, was part of the influx of Bangladeshis who arrived in the past decade and have become legal residents, about 15,000 per year, according to the Department of Homeland Security, with New York being the top destination. I am a contractor, and so many people here, they work for the government, work for the union. They try to build up our lives in America, spelled A-M-R-I-K-A, America. <laughs> Ashrab God says, using the common pronunciation for America in the community. A lot of Bengali people, they are doctors and engineers and teachers. They support our community, our government, our police officers. Not too long ago, this area was knows as Little Italy of Queens. Before that, German and Irish workers helped build the row houses along the neighborhood's side streets. Even earlier, back in the 19th century, French, French factory workers here produced pots. And now, Chattery and others here know well the idea of what they sometimes refer to as the American Dream. A chance to provide their children with a better home, better education, and certain ways of better life. I told you, these Indian Muslims aren't like the other Muslims. They're weird. As a member of the Chittigong Association of North America, an advocacy group for Bangladeshi's headquarters in Brooklyn, Ashram Khan says communities in New York have not necessarily experienced the same kind of overt acts of intimidation and violence that some other communities in the U.S. have experienced. So We've got to go to break. It's Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. <laughs> For 
too long, our nation has been governed by politicians in Washington, D.C., detached from the people and out of touch with our concerns. Madam Speaker, President of the United States. Dictating how we are supposed to live our lives, eliminating our freedoms, and binding our children and grandchildren to lives buried in debt. This country will go back. Only 36,000 people lost their jobs. You're sitting here and you're, you are laughing about some of these problems. Are you quite strong? <laughs> you have awakened the sleeping giant. We call it AstroTurf. We have always been, and we, I believe, continue to be, a nation of cowards. There have been times where America's shown arrogance. We're going to have to have a majority. If you can't get 60 votes home, uh, then the bill goes away. We have to pass the bill so that you can find out what is in it. The American people don't want this big Pelosi plan. We will have health care one way or another. We don't want what you're trying to ram down our throats. Eight times you said that negotiations on health care reform would be conducted with the C-SPAN cameras. John, the election's over. And the Democrats intend to lead the most ethical Congress in history. Democratic Congressman Charles Rangel announced today he's stepping aside just days after the Ethics Committee admonished him. It's bad immediately, 10% that are unemployed. If this is the change we all can believe in, America's best days are behind her. President Obama, are you listening? What do you think of Spencer? America, we can do better. 225 years, we've had the courage to do the other thing. The citizen is boss. Through the Governor's Alliance, the Republican Governors Association is looking to humanity's best asset, the individual citizen, for the answers to the great challenges of our generation. Believing in the strength, not of Washington, but of the states, our local communities, and one another to lead our country forward. From the team that helped bring back New Jersey and Virginia. We must act today in order to preserve tomorrow. Join us as America once again triumphs. She'll be all right for a while, for a while she can smile until Barack comes back and she goes on the attack and it doesn't work. Oh, hell! You know I taught her well, you couldn't tell that she fakes crying. Look how dirty and crappy everything is. Eric, Costa Rica is a third world country. These people are much poorer than those in the U.S. Well, why the hell don't they get jobs? Uh, what should we do about evil? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, evil exists. We see it all the time. In the streets, Darfur, but not in Iraq at any time. We need to be humble and not have a spy. Defeated. Defeated. Let me just say... Uh, Defeated. Defeated. There's no other way. 
Operation Homefront operates programs with the goal of making a difference in military family quality of life. They serve younger families of deployed service members, typically in the ranks of E1 through E6 in all branches of the armed forces. Operation Homefront provides a wide range of programs and is dedicated to helping the families our troops leave behind. For more information, please visit their website at operationhomefront.net. But I have an uncomfortable feeling that this prosperity isn't something on which we can base our hopes for the future. No nation in history has ever survived a tax burden that reached a third of its national income. Today, 37 cents out of every dollar earned in this country is the tax collector's share. And yet our government continues to spend $17 million a day more than the government takes in. We haven't balanced our budget 28 out of the last 34 years. We've raised our debt limit three times in the last 12 months. And now our national debt is one and a half times bigger than all the combined debts of all the nations of the world. We have $15 billion in gold in our treasury. We don't own an ounce. Foreign dollar claims are $27.3 billion. And we've just had announced that the dollar of 1939 will now purchase 45 cents in its total value. Dream. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but some political leaders are talking anti-Muslim. The sentiment is going up, says Kazi Hashran, former president of the Chittagong Association. This is a bad thing. This is a dangerous thing for democracy. So I'd like to say, Donald Trump, please stop your speech against Muslims. Don't dare stop. I, I want all Muslims out, even the ones from East India. Goodbye. They were refugees of their own because they're persecuted by the other religious groups in India. It's a, it's, since the 7th century AD, they've been doing exactly the same thing. And the reason they haven't changed is it works. And people better wake up before it's too late. Well, India, we just read last show, is protesting Sharia law in their banking community. Because they want to push it in India. And India's going, no. So tough Muslims. No, I told you, Islam is evil. So I have, I have absolutely no... I, I really I can't feel bad for these people. You chose to follow a religion, if it, it's not even a religion, but you would think it's a religion, a religion of hatred and death. And you want us to go, oh, you're wonderful people. During the service, angry cries of, we want justice, often erupted those speaking. I want you to know we are all mourning you with you, Mayor de Blasio, told the crowd of more than 1,000 Muslim men attending the funeral prayers. The two victims were examples of goodness and righteousness, he said. There is no goodness or righteousness in Islam. And how do we know that, Brian? 
How do we know what they're teaching them in those mosques? We don't. I know I know what the book says. I don't have to know what they're teaching them in those mosques. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they're teaching in the mosque because if they can read the Quran, they already know. In Islam, the loss of a person is regarded as not just a loss for their family, but for the entire community, the mayor continued. That's something we as New Yorkers understand, again, across all faiths, across all neighborhoods. We're not going to listen to those voices who try to divide us. Yeah, let's embrace Lucifer and see where that gets us. We will stand up to them each and every time, he said. We make sure that whoever did this is brought to justice. I guarantee you that. You can't guarantee squat. And what if it was a Muslim killing us? Would he be the same way? No, it would be just another murder. And no mention of the fact that he's a Muslim. For Nasser Uden, an undocumented, ha, legal alien worker who peddles perfumes and such near Manhattan's Chinatown on Canal Street, the American Dream has changed the lives of his American-born children. I come here for one thing, mainly education for my children, he says. My sons now have a rising life. My daughter's has a rising life, even if I'm not rising so much. Yeah, I don't get it. America feeds me, gives me a better life. It's America. America. You got to be freaking kidding me. And again, Brian, why are we feeding his kids? Why are we educating his kids? He's not even here legally. I don't know. It's not our obligation to feed the world. That's not what the Supreme Court says. Educate the world. We all should listen to the Supreme Court. They're all so wise. And how did this fuzzy muzzy get in here? Probably a refugee, as in all the Bangladeshi Muslims, because Hindus and Sikhs and, well, they all don't like Muslims. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> nobody likes Muslims. And you want to know why? Because Muslims suck. Islam sucks. <clears throat> Islam is evil. It's a Lucifer, Lucifer's religion, and its whole purpose is to take over the world at, and leave it in flames. Yay. Let's all convert to Islam. From the Associated Press, federal prosecutors are investigating whether a Taxachusetts town <coughs> darn it, violated the civil rights of an Islamic group when officials there rejected plans for a Muslim cemetery. 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 <laughs> I was thinking crematorium at the same time. <laughs> U.S. Attorney Carmen Ortiz announced Thursday that the investigation will determine whether the town of Dudley violated the right to religious exercise by the Islamic Society of Greater Worcester. The Islamic group purchased 55 acres of farmland in Dudley for a Muslim cemetery, but town officials rejected the plan, citing traffic and environmental concerns. Jay Tallerman, a lawyer for the group, has suggested that anti-Muslim bias played a role in the town's decision to deny needed permits for the cemetery. You know, this... I, maybe, maybe it is good. There should be lots of anti-Muslim uh, sentiment. We should not like Muslims. We should not trust Muslims. We should not let Muslims have anything. Whatever they ask for, don't give it to them. Having their own cemetery is starting to take over your town. Don't you get that? They do it in steps. They're already working to take the place over. This... Give them nothing of what they want. And deport them. 
this would all go away also if we would recognize that this is not a religion. The main thing theme to everything that they're doing and everything we're accepting is because of quote unquote religious freedom. This is not a religion. If we start acting that way, that this is not a religion, all that stuff goes away. It's not a religion. It's designed to destroy the world. It's to, its whole purpose is to conquer, to enslave. Though, and how can it be a, a decent religion when the followers of the religion do such evil things with such joy? I've never seen people so happy at causing other people to scream out in pain while you cut their heads off or burns them alive or rips them apart with four cars. It's so, the, how can judge a tree by its, its fruits? How could you think Islam is anything but evil? Oh, it's not all the Muslims. It's not all the Muslims just because they haven't been activated yet. They haven't gotten to the point where they are, where they feel comfortable that they can win. So they're still in silent jihad mode. But they're all in a form of jihad. Every single one of them. You know, and this is a good example of taking back the states, Brian. Because if you had your state under you, we the people, why would the state allow a federal prosecutor to go into any town that was in the state? Get the hell out of my state. You're not investigating a damn thing. Right? The DA? No, the federal federal prosecutors are investigating this town. Well, this is because anytime there's some kind of civil rights thing, uh, suddenly it's the purview of the federal government. Right. And if you took your state back, the governor could say, get the hell out of my state. You are not investigating anyone. You have no authority here. Well, that's... And that's your plan. But we're not there yet. I can't believe the states allow this to happen to their citizens, Brian. The states are politicians. The states are mini-bees. The states' politicians are just as bad as the politicians in the national government. They all are in it for their own aggrandizement, for the for money, for power, for position. The whole the whole place needs to be washed clean. Jay Tallerman, a lawyer for the group, has suggested that anti-Muslim bias played a role in the town's decision to deny the permits for the cemetery. Good. Our T-Center investigation will look into whether the town placed unreasonable barriers to the group's cemetery proposal. Federal prosecutors are authorized to investigate allegations of discriminatory treatment under the Religious Land Use and Institutionalized Persons Act, which prohibits discrimination against any assembly or institution on the basis of religion. Good news, Islam isn't a religion, so we didn't do it based on religion. How's that? Ta-da! Problem solved. That's what I mean. If we just admit, tell everyone it's not a religion, they don't have any rights. Right. It's Look, it's only Judeo-Christian is all they considered a religion under the First Amendment. But again, and this is what happens when you put words where they were not needed before. They couldn't, nowhere in the Constitution did they have the power to do any of those things in the Bill of Rights to we the people. Because we didn't give them the power. But you put a bunch of words up there and suddenly the choice of the word religion, which to them was understood being different sects of Christianity Christianity and Judaism, because after all, Jesus was a Jew. What was I saying? Man, I have problems today. (laughs) 
you were talking about how they, they, they're not going to have any rights because they're not a religion, because when the founding of our country, during the founding of our country, they recognized Christian sects. That was it. That was what, to them, that was, that was religion. Yep. All the religions was a different Christian sects and Judaism, and that was it. Uh, but, of course, nowadays, we could say that applies to everything that's a so-called religion, like this thing, which is not a religion. It's a blueprint to run a theocratic empire. There's a big difference. Whose whole goal is to take over the world and kill you and I. It's wonderful, isn't it? Again, I can't, I can't trust anybody who would choose to this as their religion. I'm sorry. You're in America now. You don't have to be a Muslim. Be something else. Why do you, why do you have to be a Muslim? Islam is evil. Why don't you go be something else? Before you lose your everlasting soul. Taller man who filed a lawsuit against the town in land court last month said he has had discussions with the town's attorneys to try and come to an agreement about the cemetery. We remain hopeful, but to date we don't have a commitment from the town that meets our expectations, Tallerman said. Dudley officials said their denial of a permit for the cemetery did not violate the religious rights of the group. The Dudley Board of Selectmen welcomes this investigation as an opportunity to show that the town's zoning and land use practices do not violate any religious rights of the Islamic society, nor do such practices discriminate against any assembly or institution on the basis of religion or religious denomination. The town said in a statement. The town said? <laughs> yes, the town. The, the town. It's like the forest. This <laughs> is like the forest, yeah. The Islamic Society, which owns a mosque in Worcester, wants to build a cemetery on a long, idle dairy farm. During town meetings on the proposal, residents of Dudley have said they are concerned about that burial practices could contaminate groundwater because Muslims traditionally do not embalm bodies and bury their dead without coffins. They have also cited concerns that noise, vandalism, and increased traffic on the narrow road where the cemetery would be built. One resident said he worried he would have to listen to crazy music like the Islamic call to prayer. Proposals for Muslim cemeteries in other states have been met with similar resistance, including Carlisle, Pennsylvania, Farmington, Farmington, Minnesota, and Farmersville, Texas. And we must resist Islam. We must do the opposite of what the religion so-called wants, right? Wants us to submit. That's what Islam translates into. It means submission. You have to submit to Islam. We should do the opposite. If it wants us to submit, we should fight harder, right? Not submit. That's what we need to do. And we need to find a way to rid ourselves of this cancer before it gets, it conflates into something that we're not ready for. Right now, they're not ready. So that's why we need to move. Thank, another reason to vote for Trump. Right. Exactly. Because once they're strong enough, uh, yep. there's no stopping them. The, and that's exactly what's happening in Europe. This is, that's just the beginning of the, the violent jihad. It gets, it goes, it goes much further. At this point, it's just chaos. But it is a form, it is jihad. To understand that, it's jihad. 
And these people are just perverted. You know, Their religion says it's okay for them to go rape white girls in Europe because they're not Muslim and they're all whores because of the way they dress and they, they go out alone or in pairs and not with men. And so they can rape them and do whatever they want to them. It's a great religion, isn't it? And no, you cannot take Sharia away from it. If you took the whole notion of Sharia and you, it just said, let's get rid of it. How are you going to do that? It's in the Quran and the Hadiths and the Surah. How are you going to, how, that's their, their, those are their books, their holy books. Sharia is based on what is in the Quran and the Hadiths. You cannot just say, oh, wait, we're not going to have Sharia. As long as you say you're not going to have Sharia, then it's okay. You can't, it's woven into Islam. You know, and everyone doesn't understand why are all of these young men fleeing their country of origin and not fighting for it and leaving their women and children behind? Why? There's just no reason. Why are Muslims fleeing Muslims? And why only young, healthy, adult males? Or No, there are some teenagers. That's it. Right, and they're leaving their women and children behind to be slaughtered? If that's the premise that they're seeking refuge because they're in danger. So they left their women and children behind to be in danger? What the hell is wrong with us, white people? No, what the hell is wrong with That's not how a typical refugee situation will look like. You could look at past refugee crisis and look at the pictures. Look at the people that are there. There are old people, men and women. There are children. There are... Uh, Men and adult men and women. Well, why is it that we just see trains of just young Muslim men? Young Muslim males, if you will. I, I've seen whole cars full of them in I Europe. Know. And there's not one woman in sight. I know. And I've seen pictures of them on the docks. Yeah, because... Just sitting there. Not one damn woman or child. Not one. ISIS said that they were sent there to infiltrate to Europe. Us. And that's what they're there for. Uh... I don't know why Andrew, Andrew Merkel wants her there. I, I, it makes no sense other than she thinks she's going to be the head, new head of the EU and Germany will rule over the other European countries, which is something that uh, they've wanted for a very long time. That's what Hitler wanted, a unified Europe under Germany, under German rule. That that was his goal. However, most people that point that out, they say, oh, he was never going to attack the United States of America. What a stupid thing to say. The man conquers land. If he took all of Europe, Africa, Asia, how powerful would he be? How much resources would he have? You don't think he could bring the battle to us across the ocean? He did it for the Brits. They'd be sending those flying bombs over to bomb the United States of America. Or America. Unbelievable. I want the America dream. America dream. If you want to hear our shows live... I'm sorry. If you want to hear our shows live, we're on Sundays, Tuesdays, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, usually, unless something hangs up. Uh, right now, like I said, everything's not working right, so we're on my phone. Well, we're not. We're using the phone as a Wi-Fi hotspot. Anyway, uh, you can listen to us at uncooperativeradio.com, where you can download and listen to all of our recordings for free. We can be heard on the following venues, iHeartRadio, iTunes, TalkShoe, although I'm having problems, serious problems with TalkShoe and Satellite. They are not talking great. I mean, I had to try, 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 try. 
I tried, tried, tried to get those things that I finally got up. I'm having a problem over there, and if I can't be fixed, I don't know what's going to happen. You can also find us on Podbean, Blueberry, any number of other sites. If you can't find us at your favorite site, just ask them to add us. We also have a Facebook page. We no longer have a YouTube page. We have a Facebook page, so if you want, go over to Uncooperative Radio. Just do a search for it. Go over there, comment, talk, like, love, dance, uh, whatever the case may be. We need we need support because we need to we need to get the message out. We need the broader message out. If you're a Twitter person, we have a Twitter page. Just do a search for that on Twitter. We are also rebroadcasted on RedStateTalkRadio.com, and through RedStateTalkRadio.com can be heard on TuneIn, TalkStream Live, and on Roku. If you want to know our schedule for our show, you just don't want to have to go over there and look at RedStateTalkRadio.com. If you want to listen to us on RedStateTalkRadio.com, we're on the Prime Channel, Saturdays, 12 to 3 p.m. and 6 to 9 p.m. On the Encore Channel, Mondays, 12 a.m. to 3 a.m., Wednesdays, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., and Saturdays, 7 to 10 p.m. There you have it. There's all our commercial stuff. Oh, commercials. We have commercials, uh, paid commercials on this, on the show, if you didn't notice. There's not a lot of them, but we try and pick ones that would most likely interest you. If, if you do, are interested in any of the commercials you hear on our show, please write down the number from the commercial. If you don't, we won't get paid. We only get paid for people calling that number. So please remember to jot down that number if it sounds interesting. Don't go look at it on your own because then I won't get paid. And I like to get paid. All right, space, the final frontier. To boldly go where no man has gone before. From USA Today. Cape Canaveral, for most of the public space, represents a peaceful expanse where astronauts push humanity's boundaries, science probes explore the solar system, and great observatories peer back in time. U.S. military officials, however, are increasingly worried about the potential for conflict in space. As the nation and its allies have grown increasingly dependent on intelligence, communications, and navigation satellites, military leaders fear those spacecraft are vulnerable to attack. Space has been, until recently, a sanctuary from intentional attack, but that sanctuary status is now eroded or vanished, reads a National Academies report released this week titled National Security Space Defense and Protection. A successful launch early Friday by Delta IV rocket is part of Air Force efforts to deter any aggressive action against national security and commercial satellites flying above the globe. The United Launch Alliance rocket is targeting a 12.47 a.m. Eastern Time Friday liftoff from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station with a second pair of satellites described as providing a neighborhood watch more than 22,000 miles up. Artwork on the 206-foot rocket's nose 
<clears throat> nose cone features an owl alighting on the Latin motto, Videmus Omnia, or We See All. The mission is the second for the Geosynchronous Space Situational Awareness Program, GSSAP, which Air Force Space Command declassified months before the first pair of spacecraft launched two years ago. Geosynchronous satellites fly 22,300 miles above the equator, where they match the speed of the Earth's rotation and appear to stay in fixed positions over the ground. The U.S. maintains satellites worth billions of dollars there that provide early warnings of missile and rocket launches, surveillance and secure communications. Dozens of commercial satellites, some sharing resources with the Department of Defense, also operate in the geo belt. The satellites, launching Friday, will join two others patrolling that area. By flying slightly above and below the belt, the spacecraft will circle it at different rates and drift from side to side, affording them up-close views of whatever is up there. Those views should be more frequent and detailed than what ground-based telescopes can provide. And if an object of interest is spotted, one of the satellites could adjust its orbit to move in for a closer look. On public remarks last year, General John Hayton, the head of Air Force Space Command, said the spacecraft have returned truly eye-watering pictures. But the Air Force has said little else besides disclosing the program's existence, which it said was done as a deterrent to let potentially bad guys know they could be seen. The Air Force has not detailed what sensors are on the spacecraft built by Orbital ATK and does not publish their whereabouts. Brian Whedon, technical advisor at the Secure World Foundations, suspects the U.S. is concerned about the potential for small spacecraft that could move close to a large national security satellite and detonate like mine. It could explode or do a range of other things to disable or destroy the satellite, he said. There's been no confirmation of such space mines have been deployed or deployed had been developed or deployed. Oh, I'm having problems focusing. Sorry. But the Soviets certainly thought about it during the Cold War, and there's evidence that the Russians are restarting some of the anti-satellite programs that had gone fallow with the collapse of the Soviet Union in the early 1990s, he said. The National Academy's report a public summary of two classified reports requested by Director of National Intelligence and Security of Defense, cities' efforts by Russia and China to develop counter-space capabilities that could disrupt U.S. systems. Well, that was a mouthful. You know, we reported on the um, treaty. Uh, oh, I did get it. I didn't know if I got I didn't remember if I got it because I wanted to keep... That link up, and I have a place called Links, in case we want to use them again. And we had highlighted the treaty about outer space many, many years ago. Yep. And I got it again. The report encourages more open dialogue about potential threats in orbit, including consideration of whether the U.S. should develop systems 
to attack an adversary's satellites to inform the public's somewhat romanticized vision of activities in space. There is an urgent need to address the increasing threat to vital U.S. space systems, the report warns. From unusa.org. I went right into the next one. I know, you didn't want to uh, talk about that? No, because I've already talked about this technology before. Of course, we're worried about it, but there's no indication that anybody's developed any, you know, satellite-killing satellites or mined space mines to kill satellites. However, we did report on a weapon that was used by China to shoot their own satellite out of the sky. Now, we know China can do that from the ground to any satellite, so... We obviously need counter. We obviously need something to counter that. I know. Do you remember the message we got when the uh, we had an error the other day from the satellite? We had that error code. I told you to write it down. I did write it down, but five ninety-seven. Imagine that happening to all the satellites. All of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. Well, they were taking out the military satellites first. That's true. Okay, uh, from Yunusa. What the heck is a Yunusa? <laughs> I told you, don't write, write down the actual name. That is the actual name. No, it is not the actual. That's its address. Treaty on Principles Governing the Activities of States in the Exploration and Use of Outer Space, Including the Moon and Other Celestial Bodies. Okay, then. <laughs> The Outer Space Treaty was considered by the Legal Outer Space Subcommittee in 1966. An agreement was reached in the General Assembly of the UN in that in the same year, Resolution 2222. The treaty was largely based on the Declaration of Legal Principles governing the activities of member states and the exploration and use of outer space which had been adopted by the U.N. General Assembly in its resolutions 1962. Don't even bother. 18, <laughs> Roman numeral 18. Oh, you're good. In uh, 1963. <clears throat> but added a few new provisions. The treaty was opened for signature by three depository governments, the Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, and the United States of America. See, China wasn't part of it. They didn't have a space program. So then they had to amend it. They didn't have a space program. I know, but they probably had to amend it to allow China now. No, you just got this. So the answer is no. In in January 1967... Stop interrupting me to end it in the middle of a sentence. (laughs) Sorry. In January 1967, and it entered into force in October 1967... The Outer Space Treaty provides the basic framework on international space law, including the following principles. The exploration and use of outer space shall be carried out for the benefit and in the interest of all countries, and shall be the province of all mankind. Outer space shall be free for exploration and use by all states. Outer space is not subject to national appropriation by claim of sovereignty, by means of use or occupation, or by any other means. States shall not place nuclear weapons or other weapons of mass destruction in orbit or on celestial bodies or station them in outer space in any other manner. The moon and other celestial bodies shall be used exclusively for peaceful purposes. 
Astronauts shall be regarded as the envoys of mankind. States shall be responsible for national space activities, whether carried out by governmental or non-governmental entities. States shall be liable for damage caused by their space objects, and states shall avoid harmful contamination of space and celestial bodies. No, lo- no littering. And how are they going to enforce this? I don't know. I mean, the, it, you're out in outer space. It's a done deal, <laughs> right? We have people stationed in outer space. Not really. Well, yeah, the, the space station. And it's funny that you were talking about we're talking about Russia because that's the only way we're getting to space except now SpaceX has actually gone up to the space station to deliver supplies. Right. But our astronauts are getting up there via Russia. Or, and, or China too, right? No, just uh, Russia. Oh, that's right. We don't trust China. No, China's not up there. There's no Chinese astronauts up on the space station. They've I never had Chinese astronauts on the space station. No, I don't think so. I can look it up, but I'm positive they haven't. I know uh, you're not positive. Don't do don't do the millennial thing. Anyway, um, so we are going on the. This is really complicated. We're using Russia to get our astronauts to the space station. At the same time, we're threatening Russia with war. No, you're assuming we're still <laughs> using their. They're rockets. You're not. You're making an assumption. You have no facts and evidence. I How do you know they're still using? Now that they have SpaceX, what makes you think they're still using it? Also, NASA started up its program again. How is that possible? I thought he got rid of NASA. Oh, he so he decided against. No, he remember he sent him out to tell the world uh, all about all the wonderful things Muslims have done for civilization over the many, many moons. I use that term purposely. Um, obviously, NASA couldn't find a single thing. They can fly it, Mar- it can go to Mars, but they can't find one good thing that Islam has ever done for the world. <laughs> enough said about Islam. There you go. No, there, there cannot be enough said about Islam, Brian. I'm sorry. No, but... That, uh, that. <laughs> that being enough said about, it, I mean, if you can't, if that doesn't say it all. I don't know what does. <clears throat> so we'll write that down to look it up. So if we remember the stuff we say in the show, we need to look up it, write it down. Cause I'm not going to remember after the show. Who was judge learned hand? I'm going to call it learned hand. Old folk stuff. From World Net Daily, a conservative among liberals and a liberal among conservatives. A right-wing prog? He was not consistently conservative enough for Republican President Warren G. Harding. That says a lot, because Harding was a great president. He was the greatest president of the 20th century. Coolidge was his vice president who became president after Harding died. Warren G. Harding was... I'm hearing music. I'm going, who's playing music? I'm in the middle of nowhere. There's no one. Who's playing music? It's by stupid chickens. They're panking on propane tanks, and it's it's making music. (laughs) I have musical hens. Okay, where was I? Uh, Yeah, Harding. And he was not consistently liberal enough for Democrat President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. As a result, he was passed over several times to be a nominee for the U.S. Supreme Court. 
His name was Learned Hand, who served as a judge for over 50 years, first on New York's District Court, then on the U.S. Court of Appeals. You know, no one should serve anything for 50 years. (laughs) Okay, Daffy. Okay, Daffy. I'm kidding you. Nobody, nobody should be in any kind of office for their entire life. Impeach him. No one gets a life. Look, every lifetime appointment requires good behavior on the bench. If you don't serve a good behavior, you're impeached. Impeach them. It's a matter you can't. See, until you take the states back, it doesn't work. So as you take the states back, though, you're not going to listen to federal district court anymore. These people are dying in office. They're dying. That's the only way they get out. That's right. the only way they lose their seat. Right, because nobody wants to get them out. Nobody wants to impeach them. It's not political easy. It's because the progs are running both parties. It's a one-party system, and welcome to the circus and bread. Judge Learned Hand wrote approximately 4,000 judicial opinions, which were so respected for their clarity that they were often referenced in U.S. Supreme Court cases. Though a political progressive, he was an advocate of judicial restraint, stating he could not frame any definition that will explain when the court will assume the role of a third legislative chamber and when it will limit its authority. So, let me try to explain this. He understands what it is to be a judge. Conservatives are nothing, ideology has nothing to do with it. Original intent. That's what I said. That's why I was so happy when I found this gentleman. And he's not good that he's saying he's socially progressive. Because even if that's so, he's socially for, he's for socialism. He's an elite socialist. He's a prog. That's a very bad thing. All the bad things that made America go, America go bad is, uh, <laughs> it's socialist. Progressive and socialist. You know what? Nonsense. You're absolutely right by saying that. We're going to do that every show. Cause we're not America anymore. Right? We really aren't. We're not, there's no. USS of A. That's right. So we are America. Not America. You could say America. <laughs> we're, we're America. You could say America. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to hear Or the United it. Soviet Socialist States of America. I can't wait for it. Oh, wait, we're not Soviet. American Socialist States of America. There you go. USSA. Okay. I, 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 I coined it a long time ago. Uh, yes, I hard, you did. I hardly use it because I know it's offensive as hell. Yes, I know, but other people are starting to use it. I know it. other people are starting to use it. And I heard someone say Dupasai. No, you didn't. I did. Who? You're not going to like it. Who? Michael Savage. He calls everyone doofuses now, and he calls them a doofusai. He calls them a doofus or doofusai. You can't have doofuses. No, he calls them doofus. He calls them individuals. So does so does Dana Lash now. She's using doofus as well. But I heard him slip and said once, doofusai. Oh, that's the obvious plural of doofus. <laughs> In the Latin, doofusai. <laughs> there you go, America. America, good. <laughs> Judge Leonard Hand wrote approximately 4,000. Okay, Where was I? Right there, uh, right there. 1934, Judge Hand ruled in United States v. Schechter Poultry that Franklin Delano Roosevelt's New Deal federal law did not apply to a poultry firm which operated only within the state of New York. He ruled against his New Deal. <clears throat> right. 
1937, Judge Learned Hand condemned Franklin Delano Roosevelt's attempt to pack the Supreme Court with as many as 15 justices in order to get the court's approval for his power usurping big government programs. It's amazing. He said he's so a progressive, right? But he's he, socially, he, but he's not. But and, big government programs—that—that's progressivism, right? I think he's confused at what the heck he is, right? And I think people that were reporting on him at the time were confused as well, because no matter what, Brian, he believed in the rule of law, and that's why I thought he, he was so interesting. And against big government, you right. can't be a progressive. Be a, progressives are inherently statist, and he understood what a judge was. He didn't believe in Marbury v. Madison, obviously. Well, we can finish reading this. Who knows what it's going to say. Writing to Justice Felix Frankfurter. I can't make this stuff up tonight. It's just, really? Frankfurter? Yeah. Felix Frankfurter. Felix the cat. The wonderful, wonderful cat. March 24, 1945. Judge Learned Hand warned. I confess it seems to me that we are pretty plainly headed for some fairly comprehensive collectivist ordering of industry. People don't want it. Can you have a collectivist democracy? The future has all sorts of creatures in its womb. There seems to be great obstacles. A society in which the individual's fate is completely in the hands of the government can scarcely manifest itself as a succession of results of resultants of pressure groups. It won't stand up. Wow. Judge Learned Hand, who was nicknamed the 10th Justice of the Supreme Court, died August 18, 1961. Oh, my year, the year I was born. In Gregory V. Helvering, Second Circuit, 1934, Judge Learned Hand wrote, Anyone may arrange his affairs so that his taxes shall be as low as possible. He is not bound to choose that pattern which best pays the treasury. There is not even a patriotic duty to increase one's taxes. Nobody owes any public duty to pay more than the law demands. I like this guy. In Dennis v. <laughs> United States. Yeah, I'm not going to read all that, but it's uh, <laughs> Second Circuit, 1950. A plurality of Supreme Court justices adopted Judge Learned Hand's view that Eugene Dennis, General Secretary of the Communist Party USA, did not have a First Amendment right to free speech if his goal in organizing protesters was to overthrow the Constitution and set up a government which would not allow free speech. See, and right there... And yet, the Communist Party USA is still, still here, right. and it's still operating, yep. and it's running all these these all gr crazy groups out there. Black Lives Matter, all of them. Oh, yeah. All of them. But I like... he. No matter what his personal thoughts were. See, that's the problem with judges now. They they bring their personal views into it. Because we've read some of the decisions by the Supreme Court. And it's like, really? You really believe this, you idiot? At least he's going by the Constitution still. And the rule of law. Right. In agreement, Dwight Eisenhower stated in the Time Magazine article Eisenhower on Communism October the 13th, 1952 the Bill of Rights contains no grant of privilege for a group of people to destroy the Bill of Rights. A group like the communist conspiracy dedicated to the ultimate destruction of all civil liberties cannot be allowed to claim civil liberties as its privileged sanctuary from which to carry on subversion of the government. And yet they're still doing it. Well, and This interpretation may be applied to those wanting to subvert the Constitution to establish totalitarian Islamic Sharia law. Wow, back then, Brian... Back then. 
No, I think this is the author's opinion. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But he's right. Bill Federer. Yeah, he, he's right. Yes, of course he's right. Oh, wait, no, he, it is going to be back then. What are you talking about? Well, comparing communism with Islam, Judge Learned Hand wrote in the decision, you, you know, this is how this is how Islam is intertwined in the United States of America. It's always been their enemy. So, uh, <clears throat> wrote his decision, by far the most powerful of all European nations, Russia, had been a covert to communism, had been a convert to communism for over 30 years. Its leaders were the most devoted and potent proponents of the faith. No such movement in Europe of east to west had arisen since Islam. Again, Brian, back then, and he knew Islam was bad. Yep. Judge Learned Hand commented on the danger of allowing political correctness to intimidate people from voicing their opinions for fear of it being labeled hate speech. That community is already in the process of dissolution, where faith in the eventual supremacy of reason has become so timid that we dare not enter our conviction in the open. Wow. Two weeks before the D-Day invasion and the last year of World War II, Judge Learned Hand was catapulted to national prominence when he gave a speech to the largest crowd ever assembled in New York City to that date. Nearly one and a half million met in Central Park, May 21, 1944, for the annual I Am an American Day, including 150,000 newly naturalized citizens about to make their oath of allegiance to the United States, of which we... Which We've got rid of. They do, but yet we give them dual citizenship, even though the oath of allegiance says you had to give up all allegiance to every other country. So where does dual citizenship fit that? Because they haven't changed the oath. Oh, and if you're a Muslim, you don't have to say that part about taking up arms for the government. Uh, I'm sorry, the Constitution says you have to say the whole thing. You know, it doesn't say Caesar's in charge. To become a United States citizen, the oath required after 1929 that immigrants swear, I hereby declare an oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen. We could stop there. Someone explain how that works with dual citizenship. So these, so these immigrants are taking the oath of office falsely, the oath of allegiance falsely. And they're not, they're not denouncing all allegiance to all of that, their other country where they came from. They're keeping their allegiance. They're dual citizens. Again, they have to say these words. They're lying under oath. All of their citizenships are subject to rejection. You can't lie on the oath of allegiance and then still be a citizen. That I will support and defend the Constitution and the laws of the United States of America against all enemies foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I will bear arms on behalf of the United States 
when required by the law, added in 1950, that I will perform non-combatant service in the armed forces of the United States when required by law. I said that right. That I will perform work of national importance under civilian direction when required by the law, added in 1952, and that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, so help me God. And they're lying because they're keeping dual citizenship. That means they're not citizens. They violated their oath of allegiance. You can't be a citizen. That's amazing. All these people are going to just have to start over or leave. Just like everything Obama has assigned it to law is unconstitutional, it's not going to exist. After comments by Mayor LaGuardia, Senator Wagner, and clergymen of Protestant, Catholic, and Jewish faiths, Judge Leonard Hand gave his short speech, The Spirit of Liberty, May 21, 1944, which was reprinted in The New Yorker, The New York Times, Life Magazine, and Reader's Digest. Which would never be done today. Judge Leonard Hand stated, We have gathered here to affirm a faith a faith in a common purpose, a common conviction, a common devotion. Some of us have chosen America as the land of our adoption. The rest have come from those who did the same. We sought liberty, freedom from oppression, freedom from want, freedom to be ourselves. Judge Hand continued, I often wonder whether we do not rest our hopes too much upon constitutions, upon laws, upon courts. These are false hopes. Believe me, these are false hopes. Liberty lies in the hearts of men and women. When it dies there, no constitution, no law, no court can even do much to help it. Hence my being against a convention of states at this time. And what is the liberty which must lie in the hearts of men and women? It is not the ruthless, the unbridled will. It is not freedom to do as one likes. That is the denial of liberty and leads straight to its overthrow. A society in which men recognize no check upon their freedom soon becomes a society where freedom is the possession of only a savage few, as we have learned to our sorrow. Judge Hand added, What then is the spirit of liberty? I cannot define it. I can only tell you my own faith. The spirit of liberty is the spirit which is not too sure that it is right. The spirit of liberty is the spirit which seeks to understand the mind of other men and women. The spirit of liberty is the spirit which weighs their interests alongside its own without bias. The spirit of liberty remembers that not even a sparrow falls to the earth unheeded. The spirit of liberty is the spirit of him who, near 2,000 years ago, taught mankind that lesson it has never learned but never quite forgotten, that there may be a kingdom where the least shall be heard and considered side by side with the greatest. Judge Learned Hand ended, after which he led everyone in the Pledge of Allegiance. In the spirit of that America which lies hidden in some form in the aspirations of us all, in the spirit of that America for which our young men are at this moment fighting and dying, in that spirit of liberty and of America I ask you to rise and with me, pledge our faith in this glorious destiny of our beloved country. Now he got that sparrow analogy from well, Benjamin Franklin. Which got it from Scripture. Right. <clears throat> anyway, or he got it from Scripture. You don't know. Aha. 
you didn't have nothing to say about all that? It was good. I thought it was awesome. I know it was. And and how does that now, now liberty? This notion of liberty, liberty, as he explained it, how does that coincide with Islam? You don't have any liberty in Islam. You have zero liberty in Islam. You have to do exactly what you're told and nothing else. It's the antithesis to liberty. It's evil. So that makes sense because, after all, free will is one the greatest gift God has given mankind. As some will say it was Jesus, and I will still say no. It was free will. Judge Leonard Hand's speech echoed on an earlier view from noted British writer J.K. Chesterton, who penned in What is America, What I Saw in America, 1922. America is the only nation in the world that is founded on creed. That creed is set forth in the Declaration of Independence, that all men are equal in their claims to justice, that governments exist to give them that justice. It certainly does condemn Really? It certainly does condemn atheism, since it clearly names the Creator as the ultimate authority from whom these equal rights are derived. Judge Learned Hand wrote, The use of history is to tell us past themes, else we should have to repeat, each in its own experience, the successes and failures of our forebearers. Yes, you must learn from your mistakes. Otherwise, you stop living. Well, Brian, the other thing is that we're not taught real history. During my show, The Women of the Revolution, which is on TalkShoe.com. Which we can't seem to access. Yeah, no, we can't. That's right. She, My girlfriend, that I, the co-host, had to do it for me last time. We can't. I, I got the, some shows up there, but it was like it was like Sisyphus in the rock going uphill. But it kept failing, kept failing, I just kept re- refreshing, 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 until it finally got through. But even back then, we still had a sense of America and the Republic. I mean... It was 1922. It was the roaring 20s under Harding and Coolidge. America was doing very well. Government was out of your way. Government was out of, Federal government was out of your life. That undid all the time to come Woodrow Wilson nonsense. Um, it was a very good time until we got another Prague in charge, a Republican Prague, you know, and the guy, Hoover didn't do anything. They said he didn't do anything. Oh yeah, the problem is he did do something. If he didn't do anything, the Roaring Twenties would have just kept roaring. No, he, he started getting government involved again. He started putting government in regulating business again. He, he undid basically everything. Harding and Coolidge had done, and that caused the Great Depression. And what made it such a Great Depression was that the next prog to come into office did nothing but stretch it out forever. All his unconstitutional policies didn't work. He stretched it out, and everything he did made it worse. Wasn't until World War II that we got out of the Great Depression. And certainly, he doesn't get credit for that. You can't have, your, your economic system can't be, go to war. But we got to go. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And say goodnight, Susan. Goodnight, Susan. And we're at it!
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.